Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 216. Uh, and this week, we are joined by longtime friends, first-time guests, Ken and Amy Smith of Smith Imagery, are here this week for their first experience of being on the podcast. Also this week, we're going to talk about video games and their effect on making people violent. Uh, it's quite a long, it's a longer conversation than I expected when I uh, we initially wrote the conversation, so I was very pleased with that. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk a little bit about history lessons. We're going to talk about some albums from 99. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about banning movies, The Hunt. Uh, a lot of other stuff this week. Uh, all this and more, folks, we are happy, as always, to have you here on Kevin, is this something you would have yelled at me for, for throwing away the half and half because I left it out last night? I tend to not raise my voice. <laughs> um, Did you say I'm a little too skeptical about Oh, no, I, yeah, you're you're an insane person with some of that stuff. But, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't care enough about the half and half, so I guess I'd probably toss it. But you can give it a cursory smell. I feel like... If I'm it like, doesn't smell bad, it's not bad. It's like, I think over a couple hours, I'm like, mm. Yeah, I mean, that was overnight. Like, you guys, overnight, You guys yeah. left that out for a good, you know, 14 hours. Yeah. Longer, probably closer to 18 hours. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Not my husband put it back in the fridge. He wouldn't want to tell me. Yeah, yep. he put it right back. Yep. See, uh, I couldn't do it. Um, well, if I smelled it and it wasn't bad, I would have put it right back in the yeah. fridge. That's fair. Yeah. Don't tell me if you do that, and I just won't no. know any better. So, there you no. go. No uh, idea well, how much stuff I'm putting back in that fridge. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Please leave it that way. Uh, welcome back, folks, to the show. It's the Uticast, episode 216. Heather, I look tired. I didn't sleep at all last night. No. I had a hard time sleeping last you night. You had a hard time sleeping. You stayed up playing Fallout until all hours of the morning. Well, we're going to talk about video games. but oh, even great. I'm uh, sorry. I'd take it back. No, no, but even after... Uh, I, I did play video games last night. I knew you were going to say that. But even after I turned the video games off, I was still awake for like another... Hour and a half, two hours I've in bed. Because you were all gassed up off the video games. <laughs> I was all gassed up off video games, thinking about video games. Uh, we, we are going to talk about video games in just a minute. Uh, before we do, let's get into this week's guests, uh, this week's interview. We didn't talk about it yet. Ken and Amy Smith oh, of Smith Imagery uh, joined us this week. Uh, they have been sort of satellite members of Maiden Utica for such a long time, and they do such good. Yeah. Uh, they always show up to every sort of event, and they're helping us out for the downtown get down, which is. Three weeks away? Three-ish weeks away, I think? I think we're getting there. It's close. Yeah. It's very close. No, it's three weeks away, yeah. It's getting... It's closer yeah. than I'm giving you credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thanks to uh, Ken and Amy, so they joined us there this week. It's funny. Um, I asked them, I was like, are you... Did you... Are you surprised you are going to be on the show? And they are like, no, we just... We figured, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was like, yeah, that's... That's great. Um... Confidence. Yeah. I admire that. Uh, Heather, two weeks in a row. This is a new record for you. Stop. <laughs> so our two-week uh, undefeated streak. Uh, two-week undefeated. The Iron Man. <laughs> did you? Okay, so explain. The Kale Ripken of her time. She is. <laughs> the best. Uh, did you? Um, did you? You're saying you picked up mountain biking this weekend? Is this like yeah, something I casually went... you just threw in? Yeah, I did. Because Kaz is 
on a bike and he's not interested in rock climbing, so I figured I might as well join him. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and fair. So I went yeah. to Old Forge and I rented a I rented a mountain bike. What was and your experience like? Terrible. It's so hard. Terrible. Like I want to keep trying. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working at it, but it's very hard to go down like mountain hills and with a bike. Yeah, I not to be experienced. <laughs> that seems like something that I just in general wouldn't be. I have terrible bicycle balance. Like if I'm on a bicycle, yeah. I'm very much have to hold on to the wheels like very seriously the whole time. I'm not like waving at people mm-hmm. or like looking around. I don't know if they encourage you to wave. I don't think anyone's Some people, I think woods. holding on to the handlebars. No, no, no. I just mean on a regular bike. Yeah, so yeah. I can't imagine no, I how I would be on a mountain bike like going down there like oh god like I I'd just be immediately. It was cool, but my son was on his little Strider bike and he's like flying by. Me, and I'm just yeah. trying to tentatively get down, and he's just like, Gone. kids don't have the fear of inevitable injury. Yeah, like and you're gonna dam- hit a tree. It's like uh, I was just talking about this with someone last week. I used to play a lot of soccer in New York City with my with the guys down there, and I was like, yeah, I'm still kind of young. I can play soccer. Mm-hmm. Then I watched some dude on the team take like a sliding tackle and like destroy his whole ankle, and he was out of work for like five weeks. I'm like, man, <laughs> I can't be doing stuff like this as I get older. Your kids, nah, mm-hmm. they're going as fast as they can. Uh, all right, so I don't have any more to preamble this week, really. That's it. It's a short preamble. All right, so uh, on to the interview. On to, <laughs> on to the interview. Well, no, I, I do want to talk about video games, though, and I mentioned oh. it uh, a little bit earlier. <laughs> we, like, purposely didn't talk about the rash of school shootings that has been in the news over the last, like, two to three weeks. Probably because, I, much like it, well, one, it's happening so often now, it feels silly to, like, cover one and then not cover the other every single week. Uh, but also, I feel like we've, there's so many, so much coverage of this story. I didn't want to touch it any more because there's been so much about it. But I did notice over the last week a lot of what I mean. I don't want to just say Republican politicians, but a lot of Republican politicians have been coming out in with the very. Uh, it happens all the time. The are violent video games to blame for violence in America argument. Um, now I think this is a bad faith argument right off the bat, but I want to put that to the side for just one second. Uh, I play a lot of video games. I know a lot of people who play a lot of video games. Can you see a scenario where video games are making people more violent? Is there some reality to that argument at all? Or is this just a bad faith talking point? I think if you're a violent person, you're born violent. and that Right. And have the, violent the, tendencies. The only thing the video game is doing is how, like you're just using that as a way to not do what you're going to do in real life. I feel like... I, I mean, I feel like if I'm playing video games, I've never inspired me to want to shoot anybody. I don't think it would. I don't think it does that. I don't. I think you're going to be born naturally, like. Yeah. No. I think you're. I think you're right. I don't. I don't think I'm a certainly going to persuade anyone to go and shoot up a school. I certainly don't think that playing Grand Theft Auto makes someone interested in being violent. I do wonder though if like violent video games sort of unlock that violence that's already in somebody and sort of intensifies it. Right. If you are a violent person to begin with, does having access to something that allows you to like uh, pantomime violence. Uh, make that better or worse? I don't know yeah, that's necessarily. That's a good thing to bring up too, because I feel like if you are, it might entice you to wanna, you know, influence you. I, I don't know. I mean, there's I no, know. there's not really a bunch. There's no real strong I research so about always. it. Uh, the one I found is the American Psychological Association in 2015, just said vaguely that video games can quote increase aggression, but that's really, really super vague. Uh, I don't know, Kev, you, you've never been a huge video game player compared to, like, even a lot no. of friends. Uh, so I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this. You've seen me play a lot of violent video games. Does it unlock any violent tendencies in you? Um, <laughs> not, I mean, not for that reason, no. It's, um, 
No, it, this is a garbage take. It's a gar- it's, yeah, yeah it's, right. It's right. a trash take. This is this stuff for idiots to wring their hands over because they can't get their head around like real nuance and like right. issues that are longer than three paragraphs. No, it's trash. Um, I mean, since time immemorial, this is what people do. When my you know dad, and my uncles were little, they played like World War Two and robbers and Indians yeah. with little toy guns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, like kids have made toy swords as long as. You know, war, conflict, and violence are part of the human condition. It would be something, and part of society that kids see, they will pantomime it as they grow up. You know, right. if you make the argument that you should try to get some of that out of the society, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that somebody going and playing the video game is what's making them think, oh, geez, you know, this would be really easy to do down at the local, you know, the local high school or whatever. That's yeah. not, yeah. That's not yeah. happening for people, no. And do I think there's some situations where people who are already severely under some severe mental stress and duress with inclinations. Do I think there could be a scenario where these things bounce off each other? Sure. But I don't think you could look at it as anything other than, like, you know, a side contemporaneous factor as opposed to something that's primarily in the middle and responsible for these issues manifesting or getting worse or anything like that. I think that's silly, reductive, and lazy thinking. A lot of the things that people in, like, politics will blame for violence, they, they, won't say, they won't say guns. Can't say guns, obviously. It's yeah, not, it's, it's not it's guns. It's disingenuous crap. And, like, yeah. furthermore, if it's, like, you know, when it's some Muslim dude comes down and guns down 51 people, you don't hear anything about video games. No. When, no. you know, some black guy guns down a bunch of people no. in Chicago or whatever other boogie the boogeyman city they're using right. now, you know, to be like, oh, look at all this gang violence. You don't hear anything about video mm-hmm. games then. You know, you don't ever hear anything about video games there. It's only when it's to detract from the fact that there's all these white extremist kids shooting up people with guns all over the place. All of the issues that people point to for our gun problem exist in other capacities in other countries. Like, people, there are racists in other countries. There's, mm-hmm. like, upheaval in other countries. There's problems with uh, the economics between those who do and don't and have and have not in other countries. Uh, and they don't have the same problems that we do. Right? There's an interesting stat that somebody put up on this that... Um, America is the number three country in the world in terms of video game revenue. So we're not even like the number one video game playing country in the world. It's like the South Korea. South Korea blows us away and they have like less than like one gun death per 100,000 people compared Their to Their entire it. culture is wildly different. Yeah. Wildly, wildly different. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it doesn't even... That's the other thing, too, that I think people... I think sometimes when you have to get into the nuance of these things, you just start comparing countries to countries. And I think... I think you're right, and I think you're on the right track with that notion that, yeah. like, you know, this, why does this only happen here? Yeah, yeah. And that's a really valid question, but it's tough sometimes to do a one-to-one comparison with other countries, because other things are so different. It's all intertwined, you know what I mean? You can't yeah. just be like, well, gun attacks here and gun attacks here, and look at just the one thing, be like, okay, gun attacks and video games, because that's kind of discrediting all the other parts of the culture that feed into those two issues. I do think the sheer amount of guns seems to be a problem that we have more than a lot of other countries. That seems to be an issue that doesn't seem to carry over to as many other countries. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, if you have way more oysters than I do, you're a lot more likely to get killed by an oyster than yeah, I exactly. am going to. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah, 100%. Like, that's uh, a wild issue and that's a thing. Uh, I just want to ask you, Heather, since you are the Utica's mom in the room, um, you're, you have a son. Uh, he's probably... I can't. I don't know when kids start playing video games nowadays. Eight, eight nine. No, I don't even know. Earlier really? than that. Well, no. I, way earlier. They're like little toddler games they have for your phone now. Mario threw fireballs at people. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yeah, Play when you're four. You know what I mean. Maybe well, has your son made any 
inklings that he's interested in video games? No, because he doesn't know. They what don't they even are. have a list of what they are. He, but the one thing <laughs> that's that, true. <laughs> but the, when you mentioned that the other day, we were outside playing, and he was pretending he was shooting at me. Yeah. And I was like, "This is cool." And all of a sudden, I thought, "Oh, there's parents watching me. Is this bad that my son is running around?" Well, and you think about, and I don't, and I have to think like that because he's not a violent kid. He's just having fun. Mm-hmm. And is that should I stop him or do I, you know, let him play like that? I had an interesting sort of similar thing. It popped up. Unless you want to jump in, Kevin, unless you had a take you wanted to make. I mean, I, there's there's always takes. There's <laughs> well, always takes. Well, the point I was getting at is earlier a couple weeks ago, I went to a young writers workshop with some of my young scholars kids, and I brought them to Colgate for it, and I picked them up uh, every day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would, you know learn about all these stories they were working on, all these projects they were working on. And at the last day, we had to go to Colgate uh, and listen to the presentation. They read all the stories, right? And all the stories were kind of morbid, right? They're all about, like, death and people, like, Mm -hmm. some fantasy story. And there was one whole sequence of stories that people wrote together, which was really creative, as members of a camp, like a camp counselors Mm -hmm. and stuff like that where one of the kids dies at camp and everyone is playing a different character, like, oh, that sh- you're going to play the person's friend and you're going to write from this person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool, but I was, like, listening to it. I was like, I could see some, like, someone who's a little bit l- more touchy about this be like, why are all these stories about death? Why is everything so morbid? I think you, it's sort of part of the human condition, I think, at a certain time to explore that sort of darkness and that morbidity a little say, bit. I was going to say, dude, edgy teens, yeah. teens have been writing about death and stuff like that forever. Like, that's one of the first things when someone does, like, we their first, like, you write... Now. People write about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. always something. And that touches on what I was going to say even when Heather was talking, too, where you talk about things that are ingrained in the human condition. Like, your Kaz is what? He's three? Mm-hmm. He's three years old. And when you think about it, you know, the stuff that you guys do, you expose him to, you're not gun people, you're not violent mm-hmm. people, you don't really even consume a ton of stuff like that. But still, this kid at three has picked up shooting. And that's mm-hmm. what you're doing. Yeah. You're shooting. Yeah. And I feel like that would be my question. Like, Jesus, kid, where, when, did you even, when did you even see this? Like, yeah. where does this come from? And it goes the same thing with the teens starting to learn and write about death and certainly being surrounded by it. You know, this is stuff that's seeping in, by, you know, subconsciously by osmosis. Yeah. Which I think is part of the larger, I won't even necessarily say issue, but question or, you know, topic yeah. of exploration. I'll give you one real quick one as an example. Shout out to GFOP Jeremy Williams, longtime listener of the podcast, who I went to, who I went to elementary school, middle school with. When I was in elementary school, and Jeremy told me this story, and if, you know, if I'm wrong, Jeremy, please correct me. Jeremy got pulled down to the principal's office because he was doodling in class, and he had drawn this picture of, like, Satan sitting on, like, a crown of thorns, right? Like, just like this, he's like, badass picture of, like, this devil on top of a crown of thorns, like metal, super metal. He's like a Metallica fan. And they brought him down to the principal's office, and they were like, what does this mean? What are you drawing this for? He's like, I don't, I just thought it was dope, right? And it was like, there's this weird yeah. disconnect between, like, one thing doesn't necessarily imply another. Mm-hmm. It could, and if you're not paying attention to some child who's, like, um, maybe, like, doesn't have friends or is concerned or is, like, mm-hmm. socially uh, struggles or has aggressive tendencies, like, that's bad parenting if you're not paying attention to that. But there's also, you can't kill a kid's creativity and be like, this is inappropriate. Like, I was like, there's a line you know what I mean? Well, and it speaks to, you know, I think, I can't imagine it's You almost see it come full circle, you know, your own kids that you have in class, you know, yeah. these stories. Like, is this too much? Like, what's going on here? Um, yeah. But it speaks to, you know, the, the frantic and the frantic nature of trying to deal with, like, this vast problem from, like, an administrative perspective. Like, yeah. Jesus, like, we don't know what to do. So anything, at least, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like Satan, but, like, Jesus is there. Could, yeah. we, we probably grabbed <laughs> yeah. this kid. Like, that's some, yeah. you know, that's so But Anything you see, and you start yeah. to see a lot of kids, you know, kind of unjustly get 
You know, I remember there was a kid when I was in middle school, I think, and like he had it was a big deal. Like this kid had a hit list, and like yeah, he had a, a hit deal. list, and was coming yeah, from people. Yeah. And like this kid, you know, ultimately it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. But they rained, they rained, you know, fire and fury down on this kid, and like pulled him out. I don't think he ever even came back to school, and it was one of those things where like. He was just a kid who was like kind of probably had like a tough home life, you know. What I mean, he was just like sort of talking trash and was like so young that he was so young that it didn't need to be the end of his career at that school. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I understand it's an issue and you've got to intervene at some point, but it didn't need to be what it was. Yeah, but, you know, this was also yeah the year after Columbine. Maybe? Yeah, I was gonna say you know time and I mean? place so, goes a long way. That happened yeah. to a girl at Donovan. Her and her buddy mm-hmm. like were out carousing and causing trouble and the end of the night they spray painted a bunch of stuff on the school the next morning. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, people found it. Like, they weren't... I knew those two kids. They're not killing anybody. Mm. They're not... They just weren't those kind of kids. They, they were, like, funny dudes. I knew they used to be... They were, like, mean to people. <laughs> Do you yeah. know I mean? Like, but I couldn't... It, time and place. Like, I think they... One of them got expelled. And mm. it's like, I don't know if necessarily, like, this could have been... You could have suspended... There's a lot of ways you could have done this without, like be gone forever but again time and place people were really really sensitive in that time and era that's 2002 2001 you know what i mean like it's right then so mm-hmm. yeah and it speaks to you know because i think i think one of the one of the things we have to solve to answer the larger issue when it comes to these you know mass shooting events is is getting to the root of things like alienation and isolation yeah. that people feel and that kind of thing because i think that that's a root cause for a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff it's more also, than anything you know it's also favoritism in school for example Mm -hmm. i was like on the poor end of the spectrum so a lot of teachers or my guidance counselor really didn't care what i did so when there's students that are there that are having issues and they are feeling abandoned by authority or Mm -hmm. teachers or principals they feel that and when they feel they're not being cared for at home Mm -hmm. and they're not cared at school well what the you know, I think it starts as they in, do. You'll see, you'll see, I'll show you, you'll remember, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like that whole, so, that whole know, thing. I, there's a lot of things we have to fix, but. What scares me over the years is how casually the students in elementary and middle and high school now react to these sort of things. Just they like, don't they, they don't really react. <laughs> they I mean, don't react. I can't tell you, I've gone through maybe, I mean, I've been at this job now four or five years with kids in the classroom, right? I've mm-hmm. been through maybe 18 active shooter drills like live action yeah. like three or four a year and now by the time we get to the second one the kids are like ugh and kids are going to learn in kindergarten I mean, they're going to oh, do yeah. they're going to it's like a training. fire drill now yeah now it's gonna the same thing training, but I, we he's so... going to be forced to learn very soon that it's a possibility that somebody might come gunning down him and all his friends at any moment of his life yeah. weird we didn't think like that we just played and had fun with our friends and now we it makes you wonder like was there things in the world that we should have been scared of that was just kept from us? Like were our parents not telling us the no, things that we was the no, news we grew up not in the covered? late eighties and nineties? We knew that we would know. One of the like eighteen hundreds when they were. last stretch the end of the eighties and like you know in through the nineties mm. was probably like one of the creamiest, softest, easiest times to be a kid. Yes, in the history, <laughs> like in the history of the species. Like it was a really good time to be a kid. Um, but we make that mistake that people make as they get older, right? Where you think that the way that you were, the way that you were brought up, and the way the world was when you were brought up, is the way that it always has been and always will be, and that's never been the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the huge issues that yeah. people have as they get older and the world changes, and you know, start to see people scared of like you know all these different things and how the world's changing, being reactionary and pulling back, and they're like, oh, well, back in my day, well, the world always changes, yeah, it always has. But we all make that mistake of thinking that our experience mm-hmm. was the norm because it's ours. And we're all self-possessed to some degree because we're humans. 
Um, do you guys want to do one more quick story that kind of ties into this before we go to our interview this week? Yeah, I mean, let's we'll probably right, lighten let's the load go. a little bit. Well, it's sort of in the same line. Uh, earlier this week, did you guys read about this movie that was supposed to be coming out on September 27th, The Hunt? No. No. Oh, say, so The Hunt was a movie that was coming out, and it was basically a movie, it was sort of like a most dangerous game type scenario. It was mm-hmm. an updated version of rich people hunting poor people, right, in the movies, right? Uh, and it's Universal decided to pull it uh, following the mass shootings, and also because Donald Trump tweeted at them and told them that uh, they shouldn't put the movie out. Uh, again, like, I don't think movies necessarily are the cause and reason. Maybe that movie's insensitive. I don't know if you... Don't you do that movie a favor by being like, no one should go ever see this movie. It's scandalous. I don't want to see it. Right, that's kind of the point I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm right? I'm not a like, violent person. I just want to see it. No, now you're curious, right? Yeah, so really they tried to ban that uh, that movie about um, what's his name with uh, James Franco and oh. uh, where they went to North Korea and tried to kill the the was this Kim Jong Il the know. interview. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, don't aren't you doing these guys a favor? Aren't you giving them free publicity by like making such a stink out of this mm. thing you don't like? I don't know. I just thought it was seemed weird. I, I was hoping maybe you guys read about this as well no, today. We yeah, I read Sorry. about it. I do I, not. It sounds to me like um, like the movie was probably going to be a little more exploitative than it needed to be. I see. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, and not not of the fact like not even it has nothing to really do with like school shootings and that kind of thing. I think mm. that's a dumb argument, a dumb tie in. Yeah. And I don't like just using the blanket term insensitive, like, oh, well, it's insensitive. Like, well, be a yeah. little bit more vague, please. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, please. But, like, <laughs> no. but I, think, I think this was the whole thing. I can't remember what it was, but it was like one side hunting and killing the other. It was either conservatives. I think it was conservatives hunting liberals. And they were calling them the deplorables oh. or something. Yeah. Oh, there's a whole... Okay, that makes or maybe... Or no, I, no, no, no. It was, it was the opposite, actually. It was the opposite. It was, um, it was like crazy liberal people hunting conservatives they're calling deplorables who are actually kind of like all right people okay, ah. kind of in the way that, that like get out sense. was you know what i mean yeah but, like it was then but it shows it shows one of the disconnects between you know a lot of like the the red cat morons um and other people who have, like remember what it's like to read a book um <laughs> you'll see that sort of disconnect because they're like oh well this is hard like the whole thing was meant to make fun of like yeah, the insane like the people who are really over the top with the liberal stuff who are up there like oh I'm gonna you know we gotta round these people up and these people are the worst and they're scum and it was making fun of them but that layer of nuance is a little too deep for the crowd mm-hmm. who was most offended as they are by everything well I mean quite a heavy segment I didn't mean to just get That's so heavy okay. I do have a lighter segment but we're almost at the end should I just go to the interview we'll do the lighter yeah. stuff after the break yeah I think we should whatever, whatever. Uh, yeah whatever well, let's, let's do. do that let's the interview itself is nice and light, so let's go to this week's interview with longtime GFOPs, Ken and Amy Smith. Longtime uh, friends, first time visitors to the pod. Uh, we had a great time talking about Smith imagery, uh, their contributions to Made Utica, the upcoming downtown get down, all that and more back in just a second. It's just a thing that I have to do with on a weekly basis. 
Uh, I like the Smith imagery hats. They look real nice. They look real sharp. <laughs> did you, uh, who'd you have to go with? Did you go? You don't want to. I don't know if you want to put no, press it's out for somebody. Or... <laughs> it's a company called Holtz Leather. Mm, Holtz Leather. H O L T Z Leather. The only piece of merchandise that exists for the Uticast. It's not even merchandise. Uh, original host of the show, Aaron Higgins, bought Kevin and I Uticast coffee mugs for Christmas the very first year. They just say Uticast and have our names in the back, and there's like a picture of a T-Rex face on it. Uh, it's not it, It's not even like a, a logo or anything necessarily, mm. but there. I don't. One of these days, I'm gonna get around to doing some sort of uh, some sort of branded Uticast yeah. material, and I'll sell all five of them to all ten <laughs> people who listen to the show, uh, including Ken and Amy Smith of Smith Imagery, who are here today live in the studio at the Uticast. Did you ever think this day would come? Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> You hang around Made in Utica long enough, you get on the show. Well, it's true. Uh, I, I, I run through a lot of the Made in Utica hosts. Uh, but you guys, no, it's true. You guys have been uh, very active in supporting Made in Utica over the last five years. or I don't remember the time frame. It's five, I think. 2014 was when we started, when Made in Utica's mm-hmm. end. So yeah, a little more than five years. Uh, and we'd like, to, uh, we'd like to know more about the people who are part of this wonderful company and this wonderful community. So that's why I'm happy to have you guys yes, here. Yes, we're happy to be here. Uh, are you nervous at all? Uh, terribly. Terribly? Yes. Really? <laughs> yes, and I really? do phone customer service, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you shouldn't be. First off, this is uh, a rare, quiet moment here in the apartment today. Um, I don't know if you know this. This was the opening weekend of the Premier League soccer season. So uh, for me, I'm a big-time soccer guy. I mean, Justin, for me, you need a big-time soccer guy. We've been here every morning from 9 to the last few days watching soccer, waking up early. See, and I've been awake all week. I should have just come over and been like, hey, guys. <laughs> and then tonight SummerSlam. is SummerSlam. So within a couple hours, it's going to be quite a different scene here in the studio. I, uh, what do you know about wrestling, Amy? Is I actually used to watch it as a child. You watched it as a child. Yes. I could. I have a lot of old school knowledge for you. And then... Well, you were at the Utica Raw taping. Yes. Oh, you went to the Raw at Utica? No, no. In yeah, it was Utica... Yeah, you said you were at the Raw taping in Utica. When yeah, I was like, a kid. Yeah. Was yeah, that, was it, I, yeah was oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't that's know. You would know um, the names, but. That's on. In front of you, you crossover Uticast <laughs> listeners, you have the WWE Network. You can go back and watch the 94 uh, Utica Raw. It's worth it just to hear Vince McMahon yell Utica, New York, really loudly. Like, oh, yeah. New York, my God. My sister uh, got licked by a bushwhacker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that might be in the in the show then. Oh, then that's true. It could be. It could be yeah. in the show. It probably yeah. that might be we worth like, watching uh, it to see your sister yeah. get licked by a bushwhacker. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were like five or six from ringside. I tell a story once in a while, but since it's SummerSlam weekend, I'll, I'll tell it again. When I was a kid, you know, uh, in the age growing up, the formative age, when you still kind of think wrestling is like a real thing, and you're like, oh, I hope the Undertaker doesn't beat up Hulk Hogan because it's cry, not a real right? thing. I I know. Spoiler alert. Uh, sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. So. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, and again, this is very, the younger listeners won't know, uh, Heron Cable was a cable company in Utica, as a Utica's cable provider when we were kids. Yeah. And my dad, through his weird connections, knew some guy at Heron Cable that he may or may not have got the, the pirated boxes to watch the WWE pay-per-views when we were kids, the little black boxes. Look it up on the internet. Um, Nobody ever did that. <laughs> uh, so, somehow along the way, my dad knew this guy from Heron Cable and... Uh, they knew that we, my dad liked wrestling, or at least his son liked wrestling. So, so he says, hey, uh, you know, The Undertaker and Paul Bearer are coming to the, the station for, like, a, a little meet-and-greet right. thing mm-hmm. for some of the people. So why don't you 
bring your kid down and he can like meet the Undertaker, right? And this is like the original like 1993, yeah. 1994, like OG Undertaker. OG, yeah, wearing like the hat and the whole the whole shtick, and Paul Bear's got the urn and stuff. So we we go to like the dusty garage of a heron cable up near in North Utica, and lo and behold, there's sure shit, there's the Undertaker and Paul Bear. And I'm, like, scared of The Undertaker, right? There's, like, ten yeah. other kids there, and I'm just like, mm-hmm, that guy's huge, man. Like, See, and I'm the opposite. I think he's hot. He's very... <laughs> he's, he's, if you're into that type of guy, he's, like, a, he's a rough-and-tumble, like, uh, like biker... An old man. Yeah. He's, like, a dead biker wizard. I don't yes. even know what you yes. call him. He's, like, a... He's, he's, it's the weirdest... You know, I think when people... When people talk about wrestling, I think who are the wrestlers people name right off the bat? Who's the most famous wrestler? Still? The Rock. The Rock. Like Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Undertaker. Undertaker. Steve uh, Austin. Yeah. Triple H. My brother actually used, there was a time when my brother would look like Steve Austin and he would yes. wear a 316 <gasps> <Yes>. shirt around. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're all lined up in front of the Undertaker, me and these 10 kids. And my dad's got the big shoulder mounted video camera with like, the full video cassette inside it. He's having. Issues with it. It's not working. So I'm just like, Dad, come on. Right? And he's like struggling with it. And I look to my left. I look to my right. And all the kids have left because their parents are like, you know, competent with the camera work. So they were already done. And I just look up and behind me. I just peek back and then Undertaker's like looking down. I give him credit for like totally being like, Staying yeah, he was in on it. He's like, mm. he was like, oh God, I'm going to pee my pants. Uh, so yeah, shout out to the Undertaker for almost making me pee my pants. <laughs> Uh, but thank you for coming on Summer Slam. What am I keeping you guys from on your beautiful Sunday afternoon here in the city of Utica? Uh, a longer Sunday nap. <laughs> longer Sunday nap. <laughs> I was I was binge watching Euphoria on HBO. Oh, you watching Euphoria? I was going to ask Starting you it, yeah. later on what your uh, what your well we'll get to that later on. Maybe we'll use that again. I've heard good things about the show. I've heard it gets better as the season goes on. Does as it? Because well. I tapped out. You tapped and he out. He stayed in, so. I just, it's interesting. I just never thought I'd see Zendaya in that role. So. Yeah. <laughs> HBO's uh, Succession is back this weekend as well. I think, or this weekend or next weekend. And I was a big fan of the first season of that show, so I might watch that is, later on tonight. I think uh, Melissa Kinney had someone on Twitter this morning that her father makes an appearance in the season. Really? Yeah. What? Wow. Okay, now that's another show I'm going to start watching. <laughs> uh, the, clo- the only closest, the closest I ever got to somebody like that, I have a, a my sister's friend who is an actress. My sister was an act, an actress. Now she works in Chicago, but. When she was growing up and she was doing her New York City thing, one of her actor friends got a job getting killed on Boardwalk Empire by um, <laughs> by Steve Buscemi. It's pretty good. And I was like, hey. I don't, know if any, I don't know if I'd want to get killed by Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I, I feel, yeah, it's a little tough, right? Buscemi, yeah. yeah. I mean, his character from <laughs> this is the, the movie with uh, Nicolas Cage, Con Air. Oh, yeah, it's oh, creepy. Uh, yes. It's no, just I, creepy. So. That, was, that was one of those movies I taped from the black box when I was a kid because I liked that. I had that one on VHS. Uh, so we're here ostensibly to talk about Smith imagery, uh, which you can go to Facebook. You guys are on Facebook. You're on Twitter. You're on Instagram. You're on as the three platforms. Yeah, anything else in there? Yeah, very good. But I, I always like to start with some uh, to get a little bit to know you guys a little bit better. Sure. Uh, so let's start. Uh, can I start with you? Uh, I like to start usually with something on Twitter if I can find something. Uh-oh. We just outwatch it. So <laughs> this you just be out, dangerous. You just outwatch Devil Wears Prada today? This was your big Devil Wears Prada this morning? No, like, last, last night I was scrolling and was like, we just got home. like a little girl. And I was all set to go to Live PD and I was like, oh, Devil Wears Prada's on. Yeah. Maybe I should just go watch that. Because it, was, it was a little bit more higher pitched. It probably was. But, <laughs> yeah. like, Anne Hathaway is number one on my list. So. Number one? Yeah. She's your number one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's funny. She has sort of an interesting reputation. I feel like a lot, there was like a period of time when people like canceled Anne Hathaway. Like she's a tryhard, right? Like that was a thing. I think for a while. Never for him. No. Never. For, no. I, I'm with you. I think she's great. I like her in everything I see her in. But I feel like I read that article a couple years ago. Like, I think so. What's up yeah. with Anne Hathaway? It was probably when the was that other movie that came out? Les Mis. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Because people were all like the backlash over that. Yeah. People like a backlash. Uh, Ken, where are you originally from? Where were you born? Uh, Sequoia. Sequoia. So you went to high school? Well, I actually what? born in Utica, but born raised in, in Sequoia. So. Because we're all born in Utica, mostly. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, where, so did you, you went all the way through, up through high school in yes. Sequoia? Yep. Were you a runner? I feel like that's the one thing no. I knew about. That's like my one bias against like Sequoia. People. Like, oh, they all run. They're all no, I, I never really did sports because I was sick a lot as a kid. So really? I just didn't. Yeah. Sports never fit into my sickness schedule. No. <laughs> are you uh, only child? Do you have brothers, sisters? No, I had three brothers. Three brothers. Yes. What uh, What order are you? I'm the oldest. Oldest. Yeah. Oldest brother problems. Yes. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, I, well, I'm the youngest, so I think, from my perspective, I've talked about this before, as the youngest and the only boy... I certainly got away with a lot more than my older sisters did. Time and place, you know, it was a 10-year difference. What was your... Oh, I was able to get away with everything because really? I blame them. He still does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you still close with your, your brothers? For the most part. Mm. How do you think that... I always think about this in terms of my... The way that it affected me having older sisters. How do you feel like it affected your interactions with people growing up with, like, older brothers? Was it like, were you, were you a ball buster? Were you, like, uh, were you aggressive? Were you authoritarian? Like, how did you have to sort of deal with that? I don't know, I think because I was the oldest, I yeah. think it kind of felt like, and still, like, ultimately, I'm the one that has to, like, clean up messes. Yeah, so, <laughs> and somehow at the end of the day, it's got to come yeah. back on you, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, That's... mom and dad call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the responsible one. You and Kevin probably have some conversations <laughs> have about that. Um, so you went to Sequoia, uh, and then you went to MVCC after that? Yeah, a couple years at MVCC. Well, advanced high school. Advanced high school. <laughs> Uh, so in Sequoia, what were you? What were you trying to do? What was your lifestyle like? Uh, in just graduate. Just graduate. You, were you, were <laughs> no, you, you not? Were, were you not? No, I'm getting into the fire department. My father was actually well, involved in the fire department, too, yeah. and then you know my senior year, I joined, and that was that was a big part of my life for 15 years or so before before we ended up moving to Utica, and I just that kind of fell off. Did you ever think about doing like firefighter thing full time? Or I think like, I thought about it, but I just never really pursued it. Did you come across photography in high school, or was that something that came along? I had always been interested in photography. I took a photography class in high school. We were both on the yearbook staff, too. Yeah, so. oh, worked okay. on the yearbook. In our respective high schools. So. Oh, and then, oh, that's interesting. It's like an interesting correlation, too, now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> then I worked a few years at uh, the Portrait Studio at JCPenney's. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... You learn, you can... There's some interesting stories there. Well, I was going <laughs> well, to say, I, I was curious about your Bremers and Bullock stories, which I'm sure... Oh, there's definitely, like there's definitely some there, too. Well, that's just, like, really... That feels like... Like blue collar photography. Oh yeah, out of the there's not a lot of, there wasn't a lot of freedom. <laughs> yeah, and you know the only time you really had freedom was when people were coming in to do like senior portrait stuff. Yeah, because yeah. that's you know, and even senior portrait stuff in a studio was never. I mean, it's it's not. It's not what it, it is it, now. But, but that's 15, 16, okay. 15, 16 yeah. years ago now. Yeah. I don't want to blow all my photography questions, really, but I'm so curious just because if you're doing the the J C Penny photography thing in that era. And now we're in yeah. flash forward oh today. What's the technology jump? Like we talk a lot it's about just, technology and other aspects, but you know, I, mean? I think digital photography has changed everything. everything. Yeah, it's it's. We'll even use an example I mean, of can, our our wedding. Fifteen, we'll be married fifteen years this year. Mm -hmm. It was a film photography. 
Yeah. You couldn't yes. see anything. And now the digital. Taking yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, now you're, you're at least able to look at something. Before We had a shoot this morning. And yeah. there were, you know, I'm taking a couple shots. I'm looking and I'm like, okay, we need, I need to take another couple shots because yeah. there's a blink or there's an eye. It, you know, close. You don't see that until you're developing on film, if you're shooting film. So <laughs> One thing that I always think about when I think about photography is my first aspect of it was those cameras, which were ubiquitous when we were growing up, where you just scroll all oh, the way. Oh, the, the one disposable Oh, the disposable cameras, okay. the little square ones. Yeah. I feel like I used to go to weddings when I was a kid, and they would just leave a hundred of them on the tables. Them, yeah. Like, yeah. on the tables and be like, go um, ahead. We have, we have a whole roll of boobs from our wedding. Just, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you, I think there was a wedding we went to where we moved the camera from somebody's table and put it in the bathroom. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did that. Yeah. <laughs> did you have um? Did you have Polaroid growing up, like a Polaroid camera? I don't think we ever had a Polaroid in our house. We had one around the house when I was a kid, but no one used it for anything other than like, like I think my sisters bought yeah. it, like goofing around. In yeah, the, with, in with the sleepovers, 80s. we would yeah, yeah, sleepovers, we would use it. Yeah. yeah. My uh, dad had a an old school, a Pentax K one thousand. Okay. That was like the first like thirty five millimeter model that mm-hmm. everybody had. Yeah. And that's what we shot with in photography class in high school. So I had a leg up going right into the class because I knew the camera already. Did you always keep? Did you always have cameras, or when you decided that you were going to make this uh, Smith Imagery part of your like business, did you have to go revamp on stuff? Like, no, I think it was new material. And... We've we've bought a few things since we got into yeah. kind of doing it as a little mm-hmm. side hustle, but you know, I mean, I always had the camera anyway. So it was more of a hobby for us. Yeah, it was more of a like, hobby that I'm like, hey, people want us to Nikki's shoot for them. Yeah, people were like, can you shoot a wedding here or do pictures here? I'm like. We should be at least, you know. Now, this is going to sound like an explain it like to me, like on five question. Do you have to have like a photography license? Is there like, or can anyone like, could you theoretically just hire like if my neighbor was like, I'm a good photographer? If you might be, I don't know. If you go to a venue that requires it, you need insurance. Insurance, okay, yes. interesting. See, because I don't know anything about business. <laughs> like, I'm like the worst businessman in the world. Like, well, no, I do in business insurance. So yeah. depending on the venue, we may have to have insurance. Mm. But depending, like you know, if we don't, it's not required. Then no, you don't need it. So, uh, Ken, I just got to ask. I want to put the timelines together in my head before I move on to the next section. MVCC. What are you going to MVCC for? It was just like liberal arts liberal or general arts. studies, whatever it was at the time. And what year is that? It would have been 96, old, 90 old. 97-ish. 97, 96. Yeah, because I graduated wow. high school in 95. So. That's fair, 95. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be 25 years next year. Do you feel old or do you feel younger? I do when I look at it, the numbers. Yeah, the numbers, yeah. The numbers don't lie. When I, when I proof right people at work and they were gra- they graduated the year I was born, or, at, yeah. or not the year I was born, the year I graduated high school and they're yeah. buying alcohol now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they might be buying alcohol from you at the store now, yeah. remember? What's yeah. that? Let me ask you this question, just because I want to get to Amy, but I, since we're talking about the Bremers thing, let's just let's just get it out of the way. You probably, how long have you been at Bremers? Be eight years in March. So you've seen some trends up and down oh, there yeah. from like, like the white cloth thing, I'm sure doesn't make its way up to you, but like what's a common well, trend? Well, we get plenty of people looking for white cloth looking because for white they cloth. don't understand yeah, yeah. the laws of alcohol in New York State. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the trendiest thing you see people asking for these days? Well, it's cans. Everything's in cans, and it builds off the really? white claw. Yeah. There's like canned wine. There's can. There's vodka sodas in the cans. Canned margaritas. I can't. We got an alcohol. Possibly. We got. We just got it the other day. Alcohol infused freeze pops. That's see. That's less weird to me. That seems like something <laughs> nichey. It's like a. Yeah. It's a it's gimmick. Like a camp thing. Yeah. People yeah. like a gimmick, right? I just can't imagine how wine in a can wouldn't get 
the metallic. Tastes like a can. Yeah, it wouldn't taste like a can, he, right? Like, he brought it home yeah. for me one time. I didn't like it, but the vodka they, soda wasn't bad for yeah, going to camp. Yeah, there's a couple of vodka, vodka soda one on the market bad. now. And... Do people still just, like, when I was a younger, I don't know, when I was of drinking age, and I was going to get booze, right? I, I was I was like, about this all the time. Now I think we've made it too easy for people to drink. If oh, yeah. You, oh, when, yeah. When you were younger, it's like, you want to get drunk, you better drink this. This uh, Evan Williams straight out yeah. of a shot glass. It's terrible. You're not going to like it, but you'll be drunk. But Mr. now Boston. we've made it cherry flavored, <laughs> yeah, cherry. honey flavored, <laughs> apple flavored, <laughs> cotton candy flavored. I feel like that's the other one, too. That's a good, as we're talking about it, you see a lot of similar flavor trends pop yeah. up. Like, yeah. like oh, for, there was Fireball was hot for a second. Then Ever, all of a sudden, yeah. it's like, oh, oh Jack, uh, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels spicy. did Fireball. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. I have bad memories of Fireball. <laughs> Okay, so when I was a kid, there was something sort of like Fireball. It was called Goldschlager. Oh, yeah. it's the, no, same, no, yeah. the same thing, oh, right? No, no, They're no. all it's the same. Yeah. It's, no. it's cinnamon schnapps. <laughs> so, here's the thing. It may There's, taste good going down. If you sit down, yeah. Yeah, it's no. the worst. Coming back up. Oh, no. my God. We, we tried this new... Uh, Jaeger has now entered the cinnamon spice world. I mean, Jaeger's such an... Aggressive. It's, it's flavor a, as it is, yeah. It's, it's Do they need to make Jaeger. it more aggressive? It's a, it's called hot ginger Jaeger. So it's ginger spice, cinnamon spice, and then Jaeger. So the only way to describe it is you took cough syrup, laced yeah. it with licorice, dashed some ginger in there and some cinnamon, and then tried to swallow it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that somebody in the back had to test that at the Jaeger Meister. Yeah. Like, yes, this is the one. This is it, guys. Yeah. It's got the perfect <laughs> level of swill. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I think the funny thing about Jaegermeister too, is if it's not icy freezing cold, like fresh yeah. out of a freezer, <laughs> you might as well just throw it away. <laughs> like, right? like just immediately dump it down the toilet. Uh, Amy, let's, uh, let's dig into you. Okay. Let's dig into your past. <laughs> yes. Uh, I did a little bit of research here on what I could find. You originally from Ilian? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You grew up there for... We moved there in 84. 84. Mm-hmm. So you went to high school all the way through? Yes. I have, Unlike Sequoia, which I associate with running, Ilian I mostly associate with, like, the... Isn't there Cake? a canal? Like, isn't there a locked canal up there? Like, I don't... I have no... It's the marina. The marina. There it is. The Ilian marina. That's what I associate. So what, what did you sort of... What was your experience growing up in Ilian? Um... You can be mean if you don't want. You see, uh, like, can be, you're, I can you're, be a mean girl now because I wasn't then. <laughs> <laughs> it was very clicky. And, very clicky. Yeah, really. yeah. So I just what, avoided that. What high school is that? Is it Illinois High School? Is it it was Illinois High School. It's okay. now CBA now. All right. So, uh, so did you did you not enjoy high school? Was it? I did not. Not at all. Not at you're all. over it. I'm very over it. I'm <laughs> so, very glad it's over. I mean, I do miss some people, and yeah. I've actually reconnected with some, you know, that used to go to Illinois, and. and but I'm. I just don't. I did not enjoy it. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I think going. How I'm just curious from my own perspective. What um what size in terms of like how big was your graduating class? Uh, it was like 150. Okay, that's interesting. All right, so because again going to Proctor, I always talk about this. Uh, like, like I think my graduating class is almost 600 when we graduate. Right, that's it's a lot. You would go through a entire year with a couple of people. Probably not even talk to people. People graduate, you're like, I have no idea who that person is. Good for him. Good, you made it with me. Great job. We're pals. Yeah. I, mean, I think there was something kind of freeing in the the autonomy of like being right. in such a no, big you knew I everybody. Wonder, yeah. yeah, you knew everybody, and you know, yeah. it just you know, that's I was very quiet in high school, and there are people that see me now, and the things that I do, and the yeah. things I say, they're like, you didn't talk in high school. I'm like, yeah, because I didn't want to be a target. You know, I think well it. Mm-hmm. 
High school is so. I, I work in high schools now, and it's yeah. just. I couldn't do it now with the social social media. I, these kids, God bless them. So. Um, you know, it's weird. I'm lucky. My kids are are pretty good in comparison to like That's the cool. horror stories. I feel like people say right. about See, their kids. Same here now. Yeah. I think it's it's tough to be a high schooler too. Right. Now, yeah. Like just the the hormones alone. There's so much going on. There's so much overstimulation in this world of technology we've mm-hmm. created for them. Like, look at all these. Apps and TikToks and Snapchat and we got Fortnite. We got all these video games. Can somebody TV teach and... me Snapchat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't be me. I don't know. How to do it. I've had this problem before. TikTok is the one that I don't totally understand what it is. I've never heard like, of it. That's the one that all the kids are on now. TikTok okay. and they're like, do it's a music type thing. I don't even know, okay. but they're good at it. If you want to get off Snapchat, get on TikTok now. If you're if you're playing the the We're social behind. media stock market, you, all the kids are on TikTok because they're parents and all uh-huh. the adults are on Snapchat, Snapchat now. <laughs> uh, you went to H Triple C after that? Yes. So it was, was that like a nice changeover to get... It was a, a very expensive party bill. Let's just yeah, learn yeah, that. Yeah, I learned yeah, to drink yeah. at HCCC. <laughs> did you sort of... Did it help you sort of like... It, that's yeah. where I started to come out of my show. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think people, you know, the that's a thing that people assume about Berkham College Party yeah. School. Like a lot of my buddies who went there partied their ways right back yes. out of it. Yes. But I also think for a lot of people, that's where, you know, you just come into your own a little yeah, bit. Exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to put out the virtues of throwing up in parking lots. <laughs> <laughs> um... What did you want to do when you were there? What was your I was liberal arts there, liberal but arts. I actually that's when I was in high school on the yearbook staff, but that's where I actually explored more of the photography too. Like mm-hmm. I excelled when I was going to class. Actually, the, the photography classes <laughs> were the ones I went to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went to UD School of Commerce after that? Yes. Yes. Was that accounting, you said? Um, yeah, accounting, and then I had to switch it because then um, I, I got sick, so I just have a general administrative background mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and I have my associates from there. Well, that's just like, that seems to me like, yeah, I got to get some practical stuff in here. Yeah. I'm trying to get that practicality. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought like about I like that. I kind of got older and I kind of need a degree. <laughs> I think you don't hear it as much now. But when I was a kid, I think it was a thing you would hear sometimes too from people would be like, oh, just go get a business degree. Like no matter what yeah. it was. What like, it is, you just a general business yeah, degree. general business degree. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is where I find that if Facebook has failed me. Also, I saw one for SUNY Empire State. Yes, that's where I'm working on my bachelor's now. I'm like oh, nice. four-ish. I'm more away than that. I think I'm like four three or four classes and what away. Do you, what do you do with your bachelor's? More, again, general, yeah. you know, just okay. business because, you know, work is helping to pay. So mm-hmm. I got to get back and finish the last semester. So and I did have one question about your Twitter stream before we went to some other stuff here. Uh, you were going off on Facebook, I think, actually today, about uh, the Friends Lego set that you're getting for yourself. I, that better be in my stocking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were such a that's, friend. Yeah, that's the, friend the most expensive oh. stocking stuffer Santa's ever going to buy. I was... am a very big Friends fan. <laughs> that was, is that your number one, would you say, going... Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like I fall asleep to yeah. it and... Was, yeah. There was an episode the other day and she was reciting it word for word. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I can I give you my friend's hot take? I love friends, okay. but this is a take that makes people angry. Don't uh, make me hurt you. <laughs> Rachel should have ended up with Joey and not Ross. No, I agree. Good. And, I like it. I, and Phoebe is the best one. Phoebe's your number one? Yes, I, Phoebe's I, my number one. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Chandler. Like, I wanted to be, like, the snarky, like, could you guys be any lamer? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> But as I get older, I associate so no, much more. No, because Ross more. is the worst. The, Ross is the worst. It's like every time I, I watch it, I'm like, I get more anger toward Ross. Yeah, no, Ross is frustrating. <laughs> Joey is like the one that I really, I'm like, Joey's living his best life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just yeah. love to eat. I'm just, uh, I'm just living Give me more just, sandwiches. Like, Somebody else is paying my bills. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And weirdly, I got a lot of Ross as a kid because I like dinosaurs, and I was like an emo kid. They're like, oh, it's like you. you it's like, no, no, no. Which is what people say to me now about someone named Ted Mosby from the show. <gasps> oh, oh, how I, I, I could see that. I, don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I, yeah, sure. you are a Ted Mosby. I don't know what that means. It's, oh. uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. I can't tell. As long as you're not chasing somebody with a yellow umbrella. I've never... Nothing you need to watch it. Ladies, <laughs> ladies, hit me up with your yellow umbrella. Uh, that's actually a nice enough segue. When did... Uh, 2000, you guys have been married since September 25th of 2004. You're coming up on I'm here. so glad you got the date right, because most people weren't getting it right when we were getting married, and it caused me a brain aneurysm. <laughs> when did you guys first like meet? What was the first... Did you guys have like a romantic first meeting, or was it uh, innocuous? You had a, okay. You go ahead. So it was about a year and a half before mm-hmm. we got married. We actually met through a Yahoo Personals ad. Yes. Nice. I respect it. Before <laughs> Tinder, before yeah. all these apps. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel any better, my actual Tinder bio line just says, um, I'll tell people we met at a library. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean? yeah, that's, uh, that's the, well, the running story for a few years was that we met at a We met like, at the mall. We met at a no, bar we met at the mall. mall or... <laughs> well, that's probably interesting, though, because now it seems like it's the online dating yeah. service is so... There's a million of them. They're yeah. all very specific, yeah. right? Like, uh, it, But it probably... Did you guys feel like for a time it wasn't something you wanted to tell at, people about? At the beginning, you? yeah. It was, it was like, oh, they're like, oh, you online and i'm like okay yeah i'm like yeah, we met like at the mall you not necessarily the mall. maybe like a stigma or something yeah. Yeah. at the time well i think i mean that's also like a different era for the internet too yeah, like, exactly. yeah i mean yeah that was like the chat room era you i mean just i'm gonna say i mean i met her without ever seeing a picture of her so yeah i didn't even have a picture so well sending a picture in 19 19- <laughs> it was a different thing back yeah. then yeah where'd you find a picture of yourself I you didn't have a and scan. i almost blocked him he was really oh, annoying oh well but we <laughs> talked for we oh. talked for a good couple of months before we ever actually even finally yeah. met, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, though, because then you have some sort of basis to understand, like, it's not... I- I've been on a couple, like, uh, let's call them, like, just out-of-the-blue dates, like, dates with people I sort of, like, yeah, let's go grab something eat. And then you just sit there and it's like, nothing, huh? Yeah. We got nothing yeah. here? Yeah. All right. And what's interesting is when we when you do talk and then you realize there were pro- there were many times that we were at events or mm-hmm. things at the same time mm-hmm. and never even knew it or didn't even know who each other was. Yeah. Well, that's that's what sort of we were our own rom com. <laughs> yes, you guys can remember yeah. think about it. It's yeah. like, uh, was it sliding doors? Yeah, yeah. the whole sliding doors moment. Can Tom Hanks play me? <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Hanks. Uh, I always ask that question when people come on the show multiple times. Like uh, the secondary question mm-hmm. is, uh, like, if you could play, so, if you wanted someone to play you in the movie of your life. I don't think people ever know what to answer. They never want it because no one ever wants to just be like Brad Pitt. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but uh, Charlie Sheen. Just let Charlie Sheen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always try and pick someone like uh, who's somewhat like self-deprecating for myself, if possible. I would totally be Lonnie Melissa, Anderson, Melissa, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. I would is that that's yeah fair. yeah I would totally be yeah. I usually say Sam Rockwell because he seems like a dweeb, and I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of a dweeb. Like uh, people just tell me Mark Maron now though, but I'm like, you know, he's older than me. It'd be weird. I'd have to play him. No, in a movie. who's the guy in Brockmire that I because. Hank Azaria? Hank yes. Azaria. Oh. <laughs> That's Justin Parkinson's favorite show. Uh, That's Conan Ken's, that. too. <laughs> um, so let me ask you guys. Let's get into a little bit of photography stuff. Here, you guys. Uh, how long have you been doing the Smith imagery thing? Like, uh, Just what, over five years now. Just yeah. over five yeah. years now. Yeah. When did that sort of start? Did you? Because you always seem like you always have a camera around when I see you, Ken. Like, when I, most times. It was kind of like we were... We had some friends that had been asking us, you know, to do shoots for them and different things. And, like, we really just kind of, like... We need to f- formalize something to call ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and we batted around all these different 
ideas and names and, and everything. I said no and we, to everyone. She said no to everyone. <laughs> and then we just settled on that one, and then it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. Well, I just wonder, because, like, with, with stuff like services like this, I yeah. always think, like, a, a photographer, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it's somewhat like a plumber, right? There's, a listings, oh, of yeah. pe- there's right. listings of people who do it. And it's like people when they don't know, oh, I got to get a plumber. What do I do? Well, let it's, me look at all these different plumbers and see who I want. Like, what, how do you sort of set yourself apart with your... It's hard. Yeah. It's it really hard. is hard. Because yeah. like I said, there's so many, there were so many out there five years ago. There's five times as many mm-hmm. right. now, yeah. you know, and it's just, you got to plug along word of mouth, you know, advertising and, and different things. And you got to get yourself out there. I mean, it's, mm. it's a tough, it's, but... You know, you, you do one good shoot for somebody, and that yes, could uh, give you three or four more shoots. Well, you know, it's the, a word of mouth is so much so important, I think. Well, especially locally, too. Especially in this market, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like... At that's, least for afford... And I don't say affordable, but, you know, I mean, there's a, there are photographers in this market that are yeah. absolutely, like, phenomenally gifted oh, photographers. I mean... And if, they're, you're going to pay a little more for that. If Kate and Justin were here, I mean, they, what they would say is the whole reason that, like, Made in Utica and Handshake City stuff exists is so that people like you guys can get around other people like you guys mm-hmm. in the community and sort of run into each other and make connections yeah. and interact. And, the and you know, and I know that he, I don't know if he would say it out loud, the hope is that somewhere along the way you would have met someone at one of these things that, like, hey, I say the work you're doing, you should come do this for me. Like, that's sort of the right, interaction right. you hope to infuse inside all of these events in the first place. But again, that's where that sort of word of mouth comes yeah. in. No, exactly, exactly. Um, so you guys, uh, I see you guys are probably doing like, is it senior picture season? It's probably senior over for now. No, no, no. It's August seems to be heating up all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, What's the what's the hot trend for senior pictures? The lasers in the background is that bad? No, still? you know, and yeah. the from what and we've got a few, we've got a couple of them scheduled so far, but we don't, we haven't actually done any yet this this season, which is strange. It's just been a really slow season for us at least, but. I've seen a couple other photographers online and stuff, and they said the uh, Utica Roasting Murals are oh, okay. the s- sunflower field for 2019. <laughs> well, we yeah. wanted we want to try and make a thing for that for for you know this this downtown get down. Too. We have all this mural yeah. stuff. It's like guys, come on, take some pictures. All, all, we actually we, our, we shot downtown this morning at Handshake and yeah. at Utica Roasting. So, awesome. well, I'll show you. I'm going to show you a quick doodle that I drew. Of my favorite type of portrait, like school portrait from back in the day, and I don't know what you would call it, but it's that one where there's I have like that one. it's the black background <laughs> with like the big picture of the person's <laughs> face in the back, and then a full body shot of them next to it, like multiple versions of them. I wish I, that would make it. I think that was like my third or fourth grade picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, like those I like that one. I remember begging my parents, begging, begging, begging my mom in. Like, I think it was sixth or seventh grade. Like, please let me get the laser background. Like, please let me do it. She's like, no. So I, uh, I changed the, the I changed the. I think the, I've done the, that. Yeah, I, I, went in I have a nice one with the American flag. Oh, wow. I should it's find that. I find that at my parents' house. Bring that around. <laughs> uh, and I guess sort of like, um, do you remember, like, was there a moment? I'm always curious about, like, moments in life. Was there, like, a moment, like, five years ago where you're like, yeah, I think the time is right. Like, was there any one particular moment? Like, I think I have to start taking this a little bit more seriously. You know what? There now. was a. Right after we started it and kind of formalized that we were gonna, you know, do this as a little as a as a thing, and we uh, we were on a shoot, and it was I think it was, it was the second senior shoot we ever did mm-hmm. as as Smith Imagery, and I took this one photo down downtown at the train station inside, and 
Oh, I looked at it back at the camera and I was like, holy shit, I took that photo. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things, it was just one of those it's moments still like, one of your favorites. like yeah. it was just a jaw-droppingly gorgeous, perfectly yeah. lit, you know, everything was perfect on the photo. And I'm like, then I'm like, maybe I'm better than I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> That's always an interesting moment when you find out for a second, you're like, hey, I would not stuck at this. this yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm still waiting for that with 216 episodes. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and I just want to ask you, we talked a little bit about, like, setting yourself sort of apart. Like, you guys are both pretty active on social media. Do you, like, feel sort of a need to keep your personal, like, social media stuff sort of separate from, like, the Smith imagery stuff? Or is it all sort of... I try to. Of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I, I can get a little ranty. Yeah, there are sometimes he has a pre-approved tweet. So... I, get, uh, I get stressed out sometimes for you when I see you getting in, like, conversations with people. Thank I'm you. Like, oh, you don't have to do this to yourself, man. Uh, I try. Justin is the worst at this. There's a lot of folks I know. Justin's calmed down over the years, but I know a lot of folks who get really caught up, like interacting with people. And I, over the years, we've said it many times on the podcast. I follow one simple rule. I really, really try to only always punch up. Like if I, yeah. I'm not gonna get in an argument with some tool who's like, oh, nice job on your crummy show. Like, okay, thanks for listening, <laughs> right? Uh, but like, if it's someone who shouldn't be talking down to me or my company perceivably yeah. then it's fair game it's like oh I'm sorry did you yeah. <laughs> I mean... I've backed off a lot on Facebook because it just gets there's too much I feel like uh. there's a lot more personal information people can go after you on from your Facebook Twitter's a little more anima, you know all the anonymous people, but all the people you really like in your life people you care about they're not on Facebook anymore yeah. they're just not no. like all yeah. of your friends and your close family who you talk to or see if they're anything like you and just a rational person they're not on Facebook anymore. They're gone. All that's left is the people who like the discourse of it. Yeah. That's what scares me with it. But yeah. no one can delete it because it's impossible because to Because it's delete. our photo album. Yeah, it's, it's everyone's photo album. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so I have two last pieces of content I need to discuss with you guys before we get into our lightning round questions. One, uh, are you still doing your cookie blog, Ken? I'll be honest, it's kind of taken a backseat. I was going to say. It's, one, because, you know, Cookies are ex- become expensive. They are expensive. <laughs> also, <laughs> they're very fancy now. <laughs> also, let me think. the The place where I was inspired to do it is now closed. Mm-hmm. Um, at least two of the other places no longer have storefronts or are closed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, oh, what have you done to them? <laughs> you the jinx I, didn't, I don't think I yeah. realized that. You should do a blog just called Cookie Jinx. Yeah. 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 Do you want your cookies to fail? Let me write about that. <laughs> and uh, are you still doing the Uticats? Uh, yes, Uticats yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> or not on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, and of course, you guys can, uh, if you want to give us uh, your links right now while we're at anyway before we get into lightning round questions, you guys are at... Uh, Twitter on at Smith Imagery three one five, Ken you're at Tolerated thirteen, Amy you're Amy uh, Marie three one five. What do you guys at on Facebook? You're just at Smith Imagery. Facebook Smith Imagery three one five, and then yeah. I think my Instagram just changed to Mother of Cats three one three one five. Yeah, and the Instagrams are the same too. Tom, Smith Imagery Tolerated thirteen. Very cool. And check out you know and again you guys will be doing some work for us uh, for downtown get yes. down. So we're excited yep. to see. Yep, we're you actually guys putting there. together a, a group of uh, photographers. To try and saturate and get yeah. as much as we can. And again, and if the, over the course of the, the upcoming events that Justin and Kate don't say thank you enough, thank you guys. For oh, that, yes, yes. Uh, and let's get into some lightning round questions. Are you ready for the lightning round questions? Yes. These are the same five or six lightning round questions we ask everybody who's been on the show for as far back as I can remember. Uh, and because we have two, we will go serpentine style. 
Uh, just like Peter Falk used to say. Serpentine. Uh, let's start with Ken. We're going to start with you when you wake up in the morning, Ken. How do you take your coffee? With usually just some cream. Cream? No yeah. sugar? Honestly, I didn't start drinking coffee until about a year ago. So Really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you drink anything before that? Like- Pepsi. Pepsi to, in the morning, early yes. morning Pepsi drink. Yes. I was I was that guy too. Yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. cut back on soda, so I'm like, well, yeah. let me try. We we had had a Keurig forever, you yeah. know, and I'm like, just making one cup for her, one cup for one cup, and then finally we bought. We said through this because one cup wasn't enough, and so we bought a pot one morning. I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna try coffee this morning. Uh, I would say, that and it was Utica roasting coffee. Yeah. So <laughs> I would say that uh, soda is like just soda pop, regular yeah. Coca Cola, Cherry Coke, Dr Pepper, whatever. Those three in particular. That's like my number one, like biggest vice in the world. I could drink infinite amounts of. Oh, like, I drink Pepsi all day. Yeah, I yeah. gave it up like twelve years <laughs> oh, ago. Yeah, it's diet it's, Dr Pepper is my only treat when I, I have it. <laughs> I, I had a diet Dr Pepper phase where I was drinking it a lot, and then I think just like anything else, I hit a wall with it where I was yeah. like, I can't do any more of this. I've never been game. able to drink Dr Pepper. No, no. diet Dr Pepper. None of it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. There's a Dr difference. Pepper to me tastes like rust in a can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amy, how about you? How do you make your coffee in the morning? I take it however my husband puts it in my hand. <laughs> I think it's funny. Coffee, I don't know if it was in New York. I remember drinking coffee before. But I feel like living in New York City was just like everywhere you would go, you'd be drinking coffee all it's, the time. It's funny that it took me till a year ago to drink coffee. My all my my, bro, my father drinks coffee 24 oh, hours a day, seven days like a week. A... All my high school kids drink Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee, which is not the same thing yeah. as drinking a cold no. two-hour old cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Here in front of you guys. Uh, Amy, what was your first automobile? It was a 1987 yellow Nissan Sentra that we called the Banana. The Banana, yes. <laughs> Nissan Sentra. So I appreciate that you give car you gave your car a name. That's All like my cars have always had a name. <laughs> most of my cars had names too growing up, actually. They were given usually by Kevin or one of my idiot friends. Uh, but uh, I don't know if that's a thing that kids still do. I don't, know I don't think so either. You have to love and appreciate your cars. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I had uh, uh, a Plymouth Breeze that we named Drew. because was a football player, Drew Breeze. Uh, we, had a, we had a Dodge Neon. I forget... I can't remember what we called the Dodge Neon. It had a terrible name. It was like a it was like a media okay, it was also named after like a B list athlete. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I had an old Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra, like a ninety two Cutlass Sierra. I had a Cutlass at one point. And that was just called the De Niro. It seemed like something about <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. De Niro would have driven in like taxi driver or like something like that. Uh can I about you? What was your first automobile? Nineteen seventy four four door. Chevy Nova. Chevy. <laughs> I actually wrote... V8, too. thing was a beast. Chevy Nova was the name of one of the first songs I ever wrote as a punk rocker. Yeah, it was about driving up in your Chevy Nova and knocking over people's trash cans. So, yeah. There was a, about two years ago, there was a car dealership, and we drove by it, and they had one out there for sale. And I'm... To this day, I think it was my car, because how many... Four-door blue Chevy Novas. Are there really in upstate New York from 1974 still? Probably more than you think, actually. Probably. (laughs) You may or may not have taken your Chevy Nova to go see it, but what was your first live music event? The first one I would have taken it to would have been the 1997 Beach Boys show, the State Fair. Beach Boys. One of Carl Wilson's last performances. So hang on a second. I'm going to do the math in my head. 1997, when I saw them... It was 2012, so you're talking 15-year difference between when you saw it. How were they in 97? Well, it was an amazing show. Yeah. It poured before that. America opened for them. 
and there was a thunder and lightning storm between the two sets. A few times. <laughs> Everybody was soaked. So the Beach Boys come on stage. The first song they start playing and everything, and there's people batting beach balls around in the, mm. in the. It's a Beach Boys concert. Yeah. Security's taking the beach balls and popping the beach balls. Yeah. Suddenly, oh suddenly all the music stops. <laughs> Mike Love, the front gets on the interface. If I see one more security guard take a beach ball. We're walking off the stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From then on, it was a party. <laughs> um, uh, Amy, same question for you. What was your first live music event? I'm going to really show my age. That's fine. New <laughs> Kids on the Block. Hey, New Kids on the Block had a bunch of hits. First off, that's number one. Hey, they still try to. Uh, and you know what's funny about New Kids on the Block, right? Um, that style of like boy band music mm-hmm. weirdly has an... An oddly long shelf life. A they lot do. of my yeah. kids in high school who like like BTS or all these like K-pop bands, you show them like a Backstreet Boys, they're like, yeah, I know this one already. I know all yeah. these songs. Like something very timeless about the, the about hanging tough. And yeah. also, it was probably a great show. It was a fantastic. I, I was saying, yes, like, I was me and my. They took a, my mom and my cousin took me, my sister, and like two or three of our girlfriends. Rammed us all in the van, yeah, yeah. and oh, my mom is like, "Yeah, my mom is like, I'm never doing this again." Uh, I always there's an exact moment I remember turning the corner on like boy bands and like I remember Justin Timberlake had broken off. Oops, sorry, pulling oh, my pen at you. Uh, Justin Timberlake had broken off from NSYNC, mm-hmm. and he had started doing his solo thing. He had that first solo album, out, and he did an HBO special. It was like his live concert on HBO. And I remember watching it, and it was. Amazing! It was this whole like elaborate it like it was it was it was wild. Like I I respected him after that in a way. I was like, damn, you know, like I I was just trash this dude for having that goofy yeah. tight perm and that weird hair. But like, just only yeah. certain people can pull off a denim suit. It's true, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I was like, wow, this guy's really like he's got skills that I was not that I was not that was like some maturity for me as a yeah. young player. I was like, this is pretty mature for me to come around on this. Ken, let's start with you on this one. Uh, if you could have dinner with any person, living or dead, who would it be and why? Can't be your family. John Adams. John Adams, the second president, second president of the United, United States. States. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I can only think of Paul Giamatti now. I know. It's all good. Yes, he has John Adams on TV. I'm a bit Paul. obsessed with John Adams in, in that revolutionary period. But <laughs> it, it fascinates me that there was somebody in Boston at the time that was able to bring themselves to yeah. defend those being accused in the Boston Massacre. Mm-hmm. To put aside everything while his cousin was screaming at him to stop. He's What's interesting about Adams from a history major perspective is always that he exists in between the George Washington, like, pillar, first yeah. president, and then the Thomas Jefferson. He's he's in such a vital and he's period of, like, American... So instrumental yeah. Yeah. in everything <laughs> that's... I'm never going to be able to not think of Paul Giamatti now. It's like, you and these United States! I'm like, okay, Paul, just take a take a breather. He would also be really mad at us for celebrating Angry. Uh, celebrating the birth of this country on the 4th of July, not the 2nd. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you ever, I think I've read this before, I think we talked about it on the 4th of July episodes. Uh, there's so many things that we do as Americans with the flag that we're just yeah. not supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Just put it on the back of my truck. Yeah. Like, no, nope, don't do that. No, no, no. Not that flag. I'm going to wear it as swim trunks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Show my my patriotism. Just get nice and wet against yeah. my butt. Uh, 
So, uh, same question for you. If you could have dinner, Amy, any person, living or dead, who would it be? Not your family, and why? It would be... This is a funny joke. It would be the guy that actually started with... I have Meniere's disease. Mm. And the first guy that mm. had it is Meniere's. Really? And Vincent Van Gogh. But it'd be a lot of us going, huh? Huh? Because we're all half deaf. Huh. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great dinner. <laughs> uh, you guys can come together for these last two questions. Uh, let's give uh, one book, album, movie, or television show that the Smiths are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Well, we try because of sometimes being opposite schedules, mm. we try and be good and watch a show together. Yeah, so we, we've been binge watching Naked and Afraid. <laughs> Naked and Afraid. Yes. And through half the show, we're like, I could, I could do that. I could totally. And then, the, then they come out with bug bites. And I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm or, out. Or, or let's kill a pit viper. <laughs> yeah. Can I, I'll tell you what. I got, I got one for you. This is one that this week I discovered it on YouTube. And some of you folks may know this already. But me and Kev and Justin and Steve and the boys who come over and hang have been watching a show on the History Channel. <laughs> Called Forged in Fire. I've seen oh, that. Yeah, seen that one. <laughs> and it's blacksmiths, and they like they have these like five. And I mean, I hate to be a jerk, but they're mostly hillbillies. Like yeah. five oh, hillbillies, yeah. <laughs> and they say, "All right, come on in here, guys. We're gonna give you a blueprint for some ancient weapon yeah. of destruction, and, and then you make it." And then we're going to cut up pigs and dummies with it. And like, it's, well, let's see if this works. Well, it's, usually it's, how shows start for us. I'm like, this is stupid. And then I'm like, ten episodes later, I'm watching. I, mean, I watch <laughs> professional wrestling. So from this point in time, we talk, I mean, like, at this point in time, anything is like yeah. a question. But here's what makes me the most uncomfortable about that show. There's always this moment where, like, they take the sword or the axe. Yeah. They take one of those dumb ballistic dummies with all the yeah. stuff in it. And they like, cut it in half. And they gut it. There's blood flying everywhere. And the guy who like, makes it, I just like, F yeah. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's like, how long have you been waiting for this, my man? Oh, my goodness. It's like, it'll cut. <laughs> it'll cut. Yeah, that's it. It will cut. Yeah, what's up with that guy? That's his whole shtick. I don't understand it. Yeah, we're, a good YouTube watch, though. A good, like, little five-minute interval, like, YouTube watch. Um, so, are you, you were a Game of Thrones person, then, if you were doing The yes. Mother of Cats. Are yeah. you, did you like? Ending? No. no, no. So you, you were out. You guys are no. out. Yeah. No, I was out. I see most people who are Game of Thrones fans are pretty split down the middle, which is very similar to how I feel like The Sopranos ended when that was like a thing. Like people are like, oh, you just you're you're being harsh on it. Like, it was pretty good, but then people are like, I don't know. I wanted I wanted more. <laughs> Do you I, mean? I'm I just, still upset how they ended Lost. Okay, I haven't gotten over that. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> I came around on Sopranos in hindsight. Like I yeah, I, I think, around on like, I think Sopranos. You can at least read things into the ending. It's, yeah, with lo- with with lost with <laughs> with Game of Thrones, you're just lost. <laughs> uh, with Twin Peaks and Sopranos, I I think that both shows did a smart thing where it's like we're gonna end on something that will have people continuing to talk about the show so that it lives on in like discussion. Yeah, like I always Breaking Bad is the example I go back to. One of the best television shows I've ever seen. Full stop. But when it ended, and the story ended, and Walter's dead, and everyone got off with things, spoiler alert, uh, <laughs> that story's over. There, there's, I don't have to think about it again. It started, it ended, it was very nice, but I don't have any questions about it afterwards, yeah. right? I guess they are making a sequel to it now. But What's uh, like we just wrapped up uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, we just Did finished like that it? one. I didn't, okay I didn't mind it. the ending of no. it. Yeah. I felt it, they rushed a little bit of the stories, yeah. Yeah. but... 
But it's oh. not like they're going to be like, yay, we're all into jail. It's like there's how many women in the jail. Well, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in jail for years, some of them, so you could just continue it forever if you really wanted to. So i got to finish season two of Glow so I can start season three of Glow. I kind of got out of that one. You like that one. Yeah, like, well... It's but again, I grew up with the ladies of yeah. the ladies I mean, of actual ladies of wrestling. That's what I'm struggling. I remember with. the original Glow on TV. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and last but not least, give me one more thing that you two, the Smiths, Amy and Ken, are passionate about. Well, I mean, anything Utica, of course. So that's yeah. a given. But um, Oh god, that is so hard. Why it's is that the hard one? That that is the hard one. That's I suppose. Hard I like to leave one for you guys. To I know. Well, you guys do have you have two cats. As well. Yes, yeah. they're babies. Yeah, those two cats. They're babies. And I noticed that your one cat looks very much like my cat. It's oh, nice. Jeter. Yeah, yeah. Jeter. Very, yeah, they very could much be like twins. Yeah. Did you guys ever have dogs, or are you always cat people? Somebody doesn't like dogs. You don't like dogs, so huh? we are I'm not saving. A dog fan. This, I'm guess not this a dog be, fan in general. This could be our passion. We're trying to save for our first home. Huh. The second that the ink is dry, no. I am just bringing the dog home. No. As a guy, okay. So let me tell you, cat. I'll, I'll put it this way to you. I was always a dog guy, and now that I've had the cat for a while, I've gotten kind of used to the self-reliance of the cat. Yeah. I don't know if I... I would struggle to go back to the neediness Well, and that's why we yeah. like our cats, dog, too. We right? just went to well, Buffalo. Well, I have a needy cat, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we just went to see my sister in Buffalo, and it was... We left Friday night and came home Sunday, and you can leave a cat. Yeah, that's for true. That a couple of days frame. like that, yeah. You can't leave a dog. <laughs> well, what's the, what's the famous Pat Oswalt joke about being married and not having kids, or having an invisible kid named 12 Hours Sleep at Night? It's going to make us chilly when we go to festivals. It's yeah. going to be great, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Ken, Amy, I want to thank you guys so much for joining us here today. We appreciate you. everything you guys have done for me in Utica uh, and all the stuff you guys will continue to do coming up for uh, Downtown Get Down. You can follow Ken and Amy uh, all over the place on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I want to thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. We'll be back to the show, folks, in just a moment. imagery uh go to facebook.com twitter instagram they're all over the place on social media smith imagery 315 at a lot of those places um all right you guys ready we can get these history lessons out of the way they're pretty oh, they're well, pretty soft is. it's that time oh, it's that time once it, there I, I took it easy on you guys this week in terms of history lessons i didn't do them quite as long and mostly can. the whole page is still highlighting I did less Always. highlighting than normal. That, Always. I don't. I can't tell you the truth. I don't even read all the stuff I highlight anymore because you guys get so. Oh, concerned. stop it! You no, do it's true. Too. No, it's true. You do too. On this day. On this day, all done. <laughs> uh, 1939, uh, the classic movie musical *Wizard of Oz* premiered for the first time. Uh, this was not the first adaptation of *The Wizard of Oz*. It's actually uh, it was a pretty commonly adapted stage and screen. Uh, uh, yeah, stage and screen production at the time. The reason this particular uh, production became so popular was primarily the music, right? The music from Wizard of Oz is really what sets it apart. Uh, lyricist Hip Harburg and composer Warren Arlen were both seasoned uh, songwriting professionals uh, before teaming up in 1938 to write the original songs. You guys want to know the names of some of the songs they worked on beforehand? I like all these old-timey song names. 
Brother, can you spare a dime? That's a good one. You know that one? How about It's Only a Paper Moon, 1933, oh. a classic. How about Get Happy? I actually know Get Happy. Get Happy is like a song. Oh. Yeah. And then Stormy Weather, which is also a song that Frank Sinatra used to sing. They wrote all those. Uh, their signature song, Over the Rainbow, earned uh, Harold and Yip a uh, Oscar for Best Song at the 1940 Academy Awards. It also became a song that's like one of the indispensable American songbook standards. Uh, is that the best song? From Wizard of Oz, Over the Rainbow? Is there a better Wizard of Oz track? No. Than, that's the one, right? It's the yeah. number one. Knows. It's the first thing you think of. I like the Lollipop Guild. That's oh, a yeah, good that one. was good. <laughs> well, if I Had a that Brain is good. very popular, no, too. No, that's a good one, too. I, I don't... I was kind of confused, because they say here, we're off to see the wizard. Is that different than the actual song, Follow the Yellow Brick Road, or are those the same song? It was just the same title. It's been a long time since I've seen Wizard of Oz. Okay. I don't remember. I Follow the Yellow Brick Road is different. That's the Munchkins are singing it. Yeah, because that's how they start. Tell, she, they start singing by telling her to follow the Yellow Brick Road. And then the we're off to see the wizard. And then they go and they're is, off to see the wizards. Is the their own jam? Just that's the main when they're crew. At the end. Yeah, when they're near the end or whatever. They're off. Is this movie? I mean, this is kind of blasphemous to ask. Are they due to remake this movie? They've tried to make sequels and prequels and like extended universe stuff. They made Wicked, but they're just going to straight up remake this movie. I'm sure they'll have some like version of it. Like, I'm kind of surprised that hasn't Charlie right. and Chocolate Factory kind of dimension. Sure, they did. Well, they made they did that, that scary one. Well, they made Return to Oz, which is the sequel. Sure, yeah, yeah. Which was right. actually like creepy. Right. And then they made that one with James Franco, which was like a prequel. Didn't they do like a? Didn't they do like a live, like live stage play of it or something? Oh, maybe that'd be all right. I'd, I'd they watch put that. On TV. That could have been something else too. That might have been. I hope they. Don't. Maybe that was Sound of Music. Yeah. Sound of Music. Carrie Underwood. Oh, she was Sound of Music. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I just go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say. I wonder if this is on those list of movies that I feel like people just are never gonna remake. Like it seems like they're not gonna remake like Jaws because no, they, you don't have to remake it. Keep waiting, buddy. Yeah, no, yeah. I think they'll do it. It's be, coming for all of them. It'll be more like a Johnny Depp, Charlie, and Chocolate Factory. I'll put you. This will be it, my. This might be uh, a hot take or controversial. Um, I don't care at all if they remake it. Do whatever yeah, you want. I yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't inspire me. I don't have to watch it. I think they you know, know what that. I, mean? I don't. I don't really need to ever watch the original again. I love the original. If it was on, I would watch. But like, are you ever? I mean, you've, no. you've got a child, right? So like, you might show it to your son and be yeah. like, I like it. but like for me, like generally, if I'm flipping yeah. the Netflix, <laughs> oh, they added Wizard of Oz. No, miss me. At this point in time, I'd be watching it mostly to be like, man, 1939. That's how I feel like when I'm watching the movie. Like, man, look at all this. Look at these sets. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel like now when I'm watching it. Like, yeah. A marvel of technical masterpiece. And even that. So get a yeah. clip on YouTube, you'd be on set. I feel like yeah. the only time to watch it would be like, if you had prospective children, or like Sam, if you were like watching it with your mom, right? Like your mom yeah. and your sisters, it's like Christmas and it's on. You have like that nice moment. Yeah, all right, that's fine. Is but... there a, is that a Christmas movie? No, not oh. at all. I was gonna say, is there like a time of year that people watch Wizard of Oz? It's not like a Christmas. No, but it's a, it's a classic enough movie. Yeah. It's like a top five or ten go to for like full on broad family viewing, multi multi generational. Who's the best character? Scarecrow. Um, yeah, he's the Scarecrow, best. right? Oh yeah. Scarecrow or Tin Man? Uh, I love Scarecrow. Scarecrow is better than Tin Man, I think. Lion's kind of a, a character. Bomb. Lion's a bum, but he does a lot of lifting. You can't get it done without the lion. <laughs> I do. Like, you need the lion to offset the other two. He is the comic relief of the movie. Well, and he also, because he plays against expectation, right? Because you expect the lion to be, like, big and bad. This other dude's literally made of dead grass. Like, <laughs> I do. I just like the guys. He's like, put him up. The lion's yeah, got that weird that, voice There's a lot of that. I think that um, the uh, the witch is doing a lot of heavy lifting. The, oh, the best part of the movie, right? She's yeah, probably the best, the best character. character. The, um, the wizard... 
is like the Dion Waiters Award. <laughs> yeah. He just shows up for that one. That's yeah. true. He's doing fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the big head. That was also, that's quite a spectacle in 1939. The whole thing. Uh, let's go to the next one. We've, we've spent a lot of time on Wizard of Oz, shockingly. Uh, we just stopped reading and we started talking. Yeah. On this day, 1982, Fast Times at Ridgemont High debuted. You guys that's ever good. seen this movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've actually never seen this one. This well, is one that missed me over yep. the years. I watched Sean it. Sean Penn is a surfer. <laughs> yeah, so Sean Penn's most iconic I watched early it role. Like, later in life, and sometimes I watch these movies, or, like these foundational 80s movies that I didn't see for a long time. I probably watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High for the first time like, two years ago. Maybe. Oh. It really wasn't long ago. Um, and it kind of missed me. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was good, but I'm like, yeah, this must have just been a lot of people saw this when they were a certain age. Probably the way that like other people feel when they mm-hmm. see like American Pie now, where yeah. I'm like, I can understand why the teens are going nuts for this, but like as I watch it now, it's just sort of like, yeah. I, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, outside of the stars of the movie, who I know two of them, Jennifer Jason Lee and Phoebe Cates, I didn't know the other two gentlemen. Uh, the movie did have an ensemble cast full of major future A-list stars, including Sean Penn, Nicolas Cage, and Forrest Whitaker, as well as Judge Reinhold, Eric Stoltz. And Anthony Edwards. So all these dudes in the movie. Uh, you know Sean Penn was nominated for three Academy Awards before he finally won one on his fourth attempt? Yeah. yeah. That was always the thing on him. Yeah, he won it for Mystic River, which is kind of a movie that no one talks about anymore. But I, I, I kind of liked Mystic River. It's a solid movie. It's like really good. It just, I don't know if I ever saw the movie. Went to the theater to see that. I read the book. The book's amazing. I found the book to be really, really, like a really, that. really taut um, mystery suspense book. I thought it was really good, but I didn't see the movie. Uh, following his minor role in Fast Times, Nicolas Cage uh, went on to star in a long string of movies, including Leaving Las Vegas, which he won an Academy Award for, which is crazy. Uh, and in 2002, the movie Adaption also earned him another Academy Award nomination. Forrest Whitaker won an Academy Award uh, for 2006's The Last King of Scotland, and he was also in the movie Bloodsport, which we've been talking about a lot this week, <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, this was also Cameron Crowe's first fi- uh, feature film debut as a writer. And it was based on a book that he wrote in 1981. He penned after going undercover at a San Diego high school, which I feel like, who, how? How do you go undercover at a high school? So easy, probably, then. In 1982, I guess, you could just walk into a high Nobody school. Nobody knows nothing. Yeah. Nobody knows anything. Nowadays, you can't even get into a high school without, like, scanning, like, a card, and they gotta know where you are. It's because of all the video games. It's true. All the video games. afraid you're gonna bring violent video games into the school. <laughs> What's the best game or crow movie? Uh, I would need to look at a list. Uh, say anything. Singles. Jerry Maguire. Singles. Almost Famous. Uh, Vanilla Sky. Elizabeth Town. Any of those movies do it for you? Yeah, probably Almost Famous. Almost I enjoyed famous. Vanil- Almost famous and singles. I enjoyed Vanilla Sky, but I'm very well aware that it's half baked movie. Hmm. Almost Famous was a it's movie. A bit much. It was yeah. I liked Almost Famous because it was one of those movies like Orange County that I owned on DVD for a long period of time, so I would just sort of pop it on like pretty regularly. Yeah, that was a good movie. I'd watch Singles any day of the week. I love that. Singles was good. Singles, people love Jerry Maguire. That wasn't really my movie, but it was people loved it. Jerry Maguire is one of those kind of movies that I like because it's like a little over the top. Mm -hmm. Like I'm laughing at the movie when I'm not supposed to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's it's just one of those kind of movies. Uh, On this day, we won't spend too long on this. In 1990. Uh, this day, the largest ever skeleton of a Tyrannosaurus Rex was found. Do you remember the name of this discovery? It was no, a big deal what tonight. Is that? Sue. Sue was the name of the T Rex. Uh, the reason that it was a big deal is the skeleton was over 90% complete when it was found, and it was the most well preserved, most complete Tyrannosaurus skeleton ever found in, in American history, right? Uh, the Black Hills Institute. Bear with me for just one second. Black Hills Institute of Geological Research paid $5,000 to the landowner for the right to excavate the dinosaur skeleton from his land. 
Turns out that guy didn't actually own the land. He just took the money. So this ended up uh, going to an open auction at Sotheby's in 1997, where the skeleton was sold to Chicago's Field Museum for a whopping $8.36 million, which I, I don't know what the going rate on dinosaur fossils well, is. That's all. Seems like, is that low? Is, I, I seems seems like that would is be that low. the museum that it's at? Yeah, it's oh, a really okay, beautiful museum, it. actually. It belongs in a museum. Fine. Yeah. Uh, it's extremely well-preserved. Uh, it also was one of the first T-Rex skeletons to be discovered with a wishbone, a crucial discovery that helped support uh, the evidence that dinosaurs had descended from birds as opposed to reptiles. Uh, the thing that I found the most interesting about this is, uh, unlike many countries in the world... Uh, that carefully control, like, dinosaur fossils, or if you find them on, like, public land or wherever, if you own land and you find bones on it, that belongs to you. So go out there, kids. Check out see if there's any dinosaur bones in your land. You can make some money. It'd be so weird. We don't really have... There's not really dinosaurs around here, though. Like, that we dino- know of yet. That's true. That's a great point, Heather. It's Insane. a really good point. Keep digging point. in your backyard. Well, because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a paleontologist, and I was like, I could do it here. And they're like, no, you gotta go to, like, the plains. You gotta go to, like, Montana... Or you got to sit in the in the basin, the Great Basin, something. I was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> yeah, miss me with that basin style. Um, on this day, 1997, the very first episode of South Park aired on Comedy Central. Uh, the pilot episode was produced using cutout animation. Uh, however, since 2000, each episode has typically been written and produced in a week preceding its broadcast. Hey, just like us. Yeah. We're, we're basically South Park. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, over the years, many celebrities have appeared on the show and are usually impersonated, though some celebrities have lended their voice to the characters, including Michael Buffer, Brent Musburger, Jay Leno, Robert Smith, Radiohead and Korn, Jennifer Aniston, uh, Richard Belzer. Uh, this is a really funny story. I couldn't help it. During South Park's earliest seasons, when it was really popular, it was like a cultural phenomenon, a lot of like high-profile celebrities had sort of reached out and said, yeah, we want to be on the show. So Matt... Uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker would always respond by giving them these really terrible, like, minimal speaking, like, tiny one-word roles. So if you go back to a bunch of episodes here, George Clooney played the voice of Stan's dog, Sparky. Just, he barked for a whole episode <laughs> in an episode called Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride. Uh, Jay Leno provided the meows for Cartman's cat in the season one finale, Cartman's Mom is a Dirty Slut. That's the real name of the episode. Uh, and Henry Winkler... It's a classic. Classic. It is a good episode. And Henry Winkler voiced the vicious growls and grunts of a man-eating monster in the season two episode, City on the Edge of Forever. Jerry Seinfeld was offered the role of Turkey Number 4 in the Thanksgiving episode, Starvin' Marvin, but declined because he didn't want to do that. That's about right for Jerry. Uh, in 2013... TV Guide ranks South Park as the number 10 greatest television cartoon of all time. Not television show, not adult cartoon, just, just 10th overall cartoon. Overall cartoon. Uh, do you guys want me to run up the list real quick from 10 to 1? I want to know. All right, number 10, South Park. Number 9, Family Guy. They put Family Guy ahead of South Park? Mm-hmm. I feel like South Park had such a bigger influence in terms of I like... Agree, I agree with that. I'm not even. I'm not even sitting here saying that like one's funnier than the other. It doesn't matter. I just mean like I don't. I would flip those. I feel I like. I this list. Uh, it's TV Guide. Oh, TV Guide. Just uh, number eight, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, I mean, the worst. It's not for me, but it is maybe the most culturally relevant cartoon on the internet. Like That's it's, why Family Guy goes ahead of South Park. It's the same thing because if this yeah. list is TV Guide, this is the broadest, like most middle of the road. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Batman the Animated Series. That's, what, do you see what I mean? Yeah. That's you a see great, where we're going? It's a great cartoon. 
number six, Rocky and Bowwinkle, the Bowwinkle show. Any incarnation of that from 1956? Do you guys remember any Rocky and Bowwinkle? Yeah, of course. It's not like Nickelodeon a little bit yeah. when we were kids. From Boris and Natasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moose and Squirrel. Yeah. yeah, I, I kind of only vaguely remember. I remember Underdog a little bit too. Oh, it was yeah, like the side underdog. character. Uh, number five, Scooby Doo. Yeah, I can I can mess with that. Scooby Doo is very yeah. important. Number four, Peanuts. I don't know. Oh, I never was into. I feel like it's blasphemous to kind of rag yeah, on. They get Peanuts. the juice off all those holiday specials, though. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Number three, Looney Tunes. Number two, The Flintstones, and number one, The Simpsons. Okay. I mean, nice. I mean, I hate to say you could probably flip Flintstones and Simpsons one and two, and it's all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you don't think so? Uh, I think that by including the Looney Tunes on the list, you've disrespected them by not making them number one. By not making, <laughs> you would have been better off leaving them off the list. It would have been it would have been less derogatory to have left them off the list entirely and just slot them at number three. And I get especially especially behind Flintstones. I get the Simpsons thing. I understand what a game changer it was. It's been on since the beginning of time. I gotcha. I heard it all. <laughs> um, to disrespect the OG Looney Tunes like that is just, it's reckless, and I bet that article was written by a millennial. Uh, I will say, you're you're spot on, I will say, actually. Uh, I don't really have an argument, because I did watch some Looney Tunes not too long ago, and I was watching... Well, get watch- on YouTube. Yo. That, You'll find four-hour compilations dying. of the old Looney Tunes? Yeah. Dying. Yeah. Still pretty funny. I remember somebody got, back in the, this was probably 10 years ago <coughs> now, but like we had a house, me and a couple of friends... And one of our friends, like, in the, one of the late-night Walmart DVD bins, bought, mm-hmm. like, a four-disc set of all the old classic Looney Tunes on DVD with, like, 25 cartoons per disc. I'd watch them. We, for weeks, when we were up late at night, hanging out, doing whatever you do, hanging out in the living room late at night, and we were just dying laughing, weeping laughing while eating snacks and watching Looney Tunes. Do you have a favorite Looney Tunes cartoon? Like, as one specific one episode? One specific one, yeah. Uh, maybe if I dug back and thought about it. Shout out to my favorite all-time episode, the classic Bugs Bunny episode, Transylvania 65000, where tri- mm. where uh, Bugs Bunny goes to Dracula's castle, and it's just, it's it's unreal comedy. Count Blood Count. I always rode really hard for Tom and Jerry, and I, I was also... Tom and Jerry. You want to talk about violent. As a, so, I mean, Tom and Jerry. And as a young, uh, sarcastic kid, I always enjoyed Droopy. Oh, wow. Droopy, yeah. Droopy is great. Like Droopy the dog, yeah. The skunk Lumiere, Lumiere, is that his name? Um, I, oh, uh, oh, uh, Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, Lumiere was the the candle from. Yeah, yeah where Beast. am I? Here, this is a. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of culturally insensitive. I always like Speedy Gonzalez and his cousin Slowpoke Rodriguez, but those are not chill anymore. You can't talk about that anymore. Of course, you can oh, talk yeah, about it. Go- Wait, you can't. Anymore? You can. It's, you can talk about it all you want. You just can't <laughs> like dress up as it for Halloween with the voice and the brown skin. No, that's a great point. Don't do any of that. Speedy was that dude. Like, Speedy was always the guy. I thought Slowpoke Rodriguez was the funniest character. I don't remember, in, I don't remember that one. Look that, we'll, I'll look that one up for you when we're done here. It's pretty... It's, it's crazy when you go back and watch Looney Tunes how much the, the imprint of World War II looms oh so large. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because yeah, like, sure. a lot of those came out, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and World War II was such a huge part of the culture. And, like, there's whole sections of Looney Tunes. I've talked about Looney Tunes in this podcast before. Yeah. Um, we were talking about classical music one time and the way they use that. But, like, even stuff with history, like all the World War II stuff, the different things where Bugs Bunny is, you know, battling Nazis and Japanese and all these battles yeah. and everything. Like, it's really crazy to see. It's it's true, too. How much of that, how much of Looney Tunes would be canceled in modern oh, day? Geez, right? Like, Pepe Le Pew can't do that character today. They were right? Even like, sort of a vaguely sexually well, they say aggressive. It, they play them on, like, cable channels now and stuff like that. Or you'll see them. 
like on like a cartoon, like a cartoon the, network. Like, like even further out than that, like, like Yosemite Sam, Foghorn Leghorn. Those are all kind of like, oh, but they put out a disclaimer. Oh. They're like, you know, these these came out in a different time and they're reflective of the time, but like you know, they're, yeah. they're classic to the art form and stuff like that. And they just sort of put a disclaimer, like, hey, just so you know, you might see some stuff. So like, if your kid, if your kid's watching this and he comes away with a weird idea or a weird question, just be prepared mm-hmm. to do that, which I think mm-hmm. is fine. Uh, all right, so let's get to the last one. We won't uh, do too much on it because it's kind of dead, but in this day, 2008, uh, American swimmer uh, Michael Phelps won three gold medals in one day. Uh, Michael Phelps is uh, currently, just based on number of medals, the single most successful and decorated Olympian of all time, full stop. It's not even close. He has 10 uh, total medals more than the closest person to him, and he has 16 more medals than even the closest American to him. Uh, any thoughts about Michael Phelps? What's the first thing you think of when I say Michael Phelps? I feel bad. No, go ahead. Say it. About getting hot. Like what was, what was it? Him being high. Yes, that's correct. That's, all, that's the first thing I think of. I don't remember him as an Olympic gold medal. That's the first thing. Yeah, in February of 2009, a photograph of Phelps using a bong went viral. The result in the loss of the Kellogg's company as a sponsor, and he was banned for three months by U.S. Swimming. Uh, he admitted in the photo, which was taken at a party of uh, at the University of South Carolina, was authentic, and that his behavior was inappropriate. Uh, I did pull up a list. We've come a long way in 10 years, I'll say. <laughs> oh, I'm a 24-year-old millionaire. I was smoking weed at this party. I can't believe it. He was even younger. He was like 20. I but find a 20-year-old it... millionaire is partaking in marijuana? I'm sorry. Be still my beating heart. I find it to be even more impressive that he turned out to be one of the greatest athletes of all time after smoking all that cheap. Like, he's a swimmer. He's like, you'd think that it would bother his lungs somehow, but he's like, nah, I'm just really good at this. He's still young. young. Yeah, it's true. He's so young. Get time for that. It is funny, though, because I remember reading once, like, what his daily carb intake is. Like, when you're training to be a swimmer, like, how much carbohydrates you have taken, it's like, well, yeah, no wonder he's high all the time. He's got to eat, like, 10,000 calories a day. Uh, He came in number two on Complex's list of the 25 most stoned athletes. Number Number two. two Who's number one? That seems Ricky Williams, but that seems... No, it wasn't. What? See, this is a dumb list. This is just like, oh, we need to talk about Michael Phelps. Got to get him up towards number two. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number one. Michael Phelps, number two. Uh, number three, Randy Moss. Number four, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I guess bodybuilding. He yeah, did it. for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then He's number five. He's chuck you over the house. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then number five, Ricky Williams, who I think was, for a long time, was like the stoner athlete, right? That was the, I guess Bill Walton's number six. He seems like he's high even. Yeah, Bill currently. Walton. So, like, Tim, Tim Lincecum, number seven. That's right. Michael Vick, number eight. Although that's not the thing people think about with Michael Vick, I gotta be honest. Uh, number nine, Warren Sapp, I guess. And then some guy I've never heard of. Again, no, a lot of no sn- respect for Rasheed Wallace. I'm shocked that <laughs> Rasheed Wallace is not on this list. Uh, there's a lot. Yeah, number, number 15, Rasheed Wallace, which seems low. Damon Stoudemire right below him. It's about right. Uh, all right, so that's that. A little spoiler alert for everybody at home: all the athletes are smoking weed. Yeah, every single, almost. I mean, not every single one of them, almost but out. every single one of them. And uh, nobody cares, and it's not that serious. So settle down. Uh, you guys ready for some bits from other blogs? I got some. Yeah, let's do it. All right, ready. Okay, uh, our Wi-Fi was down this week, and I told my wife that I was, quote, futzing around with it, F-U-T-Z-I-N-G. Then I realized I meant to say the F word, and it made me wonder, what are the best replacement level curse words? Like, things you can say instead of curse words that you may use. I've been working on that, too. Uh, Effing, freaking, freaking, dang, dang it, geez, shoot, these are all pretty common ones. I tend to use, uh, geez louise. Like, really, I don't know why. I don't know why. I just really earnestly say, geez you Louise. Like a per- you seem like you'd say that. I also a s- desperate race to be 68 yeah. years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, really yeah. 
I also say the weird Italian stuff, like not really Italian stuff that my dad would say. Like he'd be like, uh, my dad would say like schoombody, and I don't know what that really means. So if somebody knows that, like what that looks up, but it usually means like you made a mistake. Um, I don't know. I try and find weird stuff. I don't know. I've been trying not to say the F word a lot because Kaz repeats it all the time. F's, it, it's you got really easy to say the F word casually when you when you say it for a while. It's yeah. tough to pull that one out of your so fudge. Fudge. Fudge you got any that. good replacement level swear words you use instead of cursing? You just swear out loud? Just... No, just don't swear when it's not appropriate. I know. I mean, I've always been the person, like, I've been out, I can't tell you how many times I've been out, like, restaurants with groups of friends. Even, oh, like, yeah, be, that's even when we're younger. Yeah. yeah. And, like, somebody at the table is just yelling, saying yeah. some wild stuff. And I've never got a problem being like, dude, there's kids right here. Yeah. Like, get, yeah. Your, get your shit together. See, I can say it because it's on the podcast. But, like, Knowing your time and place. No, you don't really need a replacement curse word. Just try to be aware of your surroundings oh, and use appropriate you. language and think of like other people outside yourself. I like sort of the older insult words that aren't necessarily curse words, like jerk, moron, idiot. Those are not curse words necessarily. You can get away with calling somebody a jerk. I oh, think. yeah. yeah, I mean, those, aren't, yeah those aren't curse words at all. It's just calling somebody a name. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's move on to the next one. What would the average unarmed person... Have a better chance of fending off in a fight. A swan or a pelican? I guess in this case, what would you feel like you'd rather have to fend off in a fight? A swan or a pelican? Pelicans are... Either or, it's a rat, but the swan is easier. Yeah. It's a long neck. Definitely just the neck. by the neck. Yeah. Yep. Pelicans are mean. Yeah. 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 So are swans. And they got a longer beak. And they're, they're all mean. Like, you might get you get some wounds. You're not yeah. going to leave unscathed probably from either, but no, a swan, just snatch a swan right up by its neck. Yeah, I'm done with yeah. you. I'm done. It, would, it wouldn't take as long to get, to deal with the swan, I feel like. You'd Pelican be... is more aerial, and I yeah. think their teeth are sharper and more oh, prevalent. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So swan is the answer. And, uh, but either way, you get a good grab on a beak of a pelican, that's a wrap too. That's a great point. Uh, all right, and last but not least, is there anything more insufferable than standing in line at the pharmacy? I would argue that standing in line at the grocery store makes me angrier because you have to watch the people in front of you go slowly. Right, with a pharmacy, it's like you're being held up by people if they have to wait for a prescription to be made, like whatever. Oh, it's a pharmacy. Uh, I feel like being at... Really? Yeah. You think the pharmacy? There's everyone sick in there. And there's some, I just oh, that's gross. a good point. I didn't think about that. Think about everyone in there, and I'm like, well, get me out of here. See, grocery <laughs> store, there's too much stimulation. The people ahead of me, they got stuff. I'm like, what are these people getting? What are oh, they using? Gosh. Coupons? What's going on here? I mean, like, I get really caught oh, up. Gosh. Is this question for us? I don't know. How, how much time are you spending at a pharmacy? Well, I guess my oh, question. How often you wait in line at the pharmacy? Old people yeah, well, I just guess, like if you ever gotta go, I suppose like you go to like if you go around here, Slocum Dixon, the pharmacy right upstairs. You just go up there and go. I guess what my question. I guess the question really is, what's the place that you find the most insufferable to wait in line? Uh, like, amusement parks to get on rides. Yes. Ooh, that's an interesting. Like, so dumb. Think about that. I'm gonna stand here for two hours for to ride the ride for 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, for nothing. It's horrible. It's, like, and it's, always, it's always hot. It's always miserable. It's your whole damn day. You paid like $300 to get in there, and now you're gonna wait for two hours standing in line for like some ride next to God knows who. Yeah, no, that's horrible for very little payoff. It's true. Yeah. I my poor mom used to wait in line to go on a roller coaster with me in New Jersey, and she hated roller coaster. She waited two hours in line for me. So that I can go on a ride. She's the best. Uh, my question, my question to you guys is: Where is the best place to wait in line? Best place to wait in line. That's a great question. Uh, the bank in my car, and I'll tell you why. Because I can just sit in my car and be on my phone or listen Anytime to the radio. In your car, it's pretty good. Just kicking back. Yeah, there is the best place to wait in line. Ice cream. Really? Yeah. Because you're excited. Yeah, because I want an ice cream sundae. 
That's hmm. pretty fair. What about you? Uh, waiting in line for the doors to open at a concert. Oh. Hmm? Make a lot of friends. Everybody around you is stoked about they're the band the that you're reason. all going yeah. to see. They're all probably in your demographic. Everybody's out to have a good time. Everybody yeah. has really fun times are coming. I've certainly waited outside for some concerts where it's been like super cold or it's been raining or less than optimal. Yeah. But for the most part, you make a lot of friends waiting in line for like doors to open at a show or at a venue. I think in a certain aspect, you see that now with like popular movies, right? Like if you're waiting in line for like a movie to... You're going same to see kind or of thing. Yeah, Maybe yeah, not yeah. as much now as it was. Same kind of thing. I think the difference was like crowds for concerts and stuff. Yeah. You're talking about anywhere from like 500 to like a couple thousand people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I only have time for one more thing. Do you guys? Where are you going? I know. Where are you? Well, we've gotten pretty far. <laughs> do you guys got to go? I know. Sorry, we're done. Uh, do you guys want to do the top 10 albums in 1999? We did the singles last week. We didn't sure. finish that. Or do you guys want to talk about Miley Cyrus and Leon Hemsworth? No. Oh, for sure. Oh, you know, no. Thing. Come on, it's why, so sad. No, why would we care? Sad. Why would you pretend to care? I don't know. Because there's no, a. It's stupid. It's because you know why. It's because these students, be, these be, kids yeah, of his, are up in arms. Yeah, no. They'll be all back together next week. You guys, I'm sorry. You guys felt I, the shockwaves? I believe in love. That's all I'm saying. I thought I these two in, kids no, were going to make it happen. Train wreck. How could you possibly think that was going to work out? Well, she's successful. She's got money. Doesn't mean if you have money, you're I guess normal. Heather does have takes. She's got takes. All right. Uh, let's number ten. Top ten albums of top ten albums of nineteen ninety nine. Number ten, fan mail by TLC. Again, I think we don't give we didn't give TLC enough credit back then. Now I feel like in hindsight, one of the this was like an important album, right? I didn't care about this album back then. I still don't care about this album. No Scrubs is a hit. Dude, No Scrubs is a hit. Talk to me about the other hits from that album. Uh, I'm just going to move on to number nine. Uh, Black on Both Sides by Most Def. Excellent album. Love Most Def. Yeah. The, one of the things I like, because this is that the, the list from The Rigger, correct? Yeah. One of the things I liked, because they did a lot of stuff where they sort of retroactively went back, and it's like, ah, you're lying. This wasn't your favorite album <laughs> you back then. You are lying. But this is one of the ones that benefit her. I'm like, if you had made this list in 99 or 2005 or anything, you wouldn't have included this. But you did now for cool points, and it's actually a good call, because Black on Both Sides is an awesome album. What about number eight? Midnight Vultures by Beck. I mean, I didn't care. I mean, it was not a Beck. This yeah. wasn't even the Beck album that I knew any of the songs Midnight, about. Midnight Vultures never really hit from. There's a couple of Beck albums that I like quite a bit, but that wasn't really one of them. I'm sure it was probably as good as the rest of his shit. Number seven, an album that I absolutely love that I'm shocked is on this list. Number seven, Clarity by Jimmy Eat World. Just the oh. album Clarity. Like mm-hmm. I, This isn't even the most popular Jimmy Eat World album, and I, I do love it. Probably not the top. Two, no. Three? no, I like I like this album a lot. I don't oh, yeah. think it's anyone in '99 cared about this album. Nope, I this is what this is like that That's retroactive hipster like, thing. Where like, oh well, actually in '99 I was listening to Clarity. It's like no, you weren't. '99 you were 12. Yeah, 90, I was 17. In '99 you were listening to number six, Enema of the State by Blink 182. You didn't get to Clarity I was yet. Enema yep. was actually all over the place everywhere. Yeah. That album was huge. I loved it. Yep. Um, here's an album that people say I'm supposed to like that I don't care about. Number 13 by Blur. Just the band Blur in general. People tell me I'm supposed to care about it and I kind of don't. I like Blur. Blur's got some stuff. They got some pretty good albums going back. I like the song Coffee and TV. It's like the only one I really listen to on any regular basis. I guess so. You would, you would get a little bit of... There's a couple... I would have to look at the names of the albums to remember, but there's a couple you could reach back and there's stuff that you would like. But at yeah. a certain point, how many bands you need. That's true. Uh, number four, Destiny's Child, The Writings on the Wall. This Love was when there were still four of them. This was when mm-hmm. they didn't... Who's the one they got rid of? It was Michelle Williams? They got rid of like no. three of them. No, no. Beyonce, got, Kelly Rowland, and Michelle two. Williams stayed. They got rid of two, got two new ones, mm-hmm. got rid of one of those ones, and then hmm. it was three. Uh, big hit on this one, of course, is Say My Name, which is still a banger. Love that song is a song. banger. 
And then there's also a song called Jumpin' Jumpin', which I did not think about at all until just now. And I'm like, oh yeah, I kind of remember this one now. That's a, that was a hit. I don't remember that one. Yeah, you do. Sing it. I don't remember, like, the melody. Again, we'll pull that up afterwards for you. Uh, number three, when the pawn something... It's a Fiona Apple album, but not the Fiona the album. The one with the really, really long title. Yeah, not the one that has Criminal on it, so I kind of don't care. Uh, number two, Jay-Z, Volume 3, Life and Times of Sean Carter. I mean... Important album. I don't really like this Jay Z album. This is one of those things, a lot like a lot of albums that are like big giant double albums, where there's so much content that it's impossible for it to not be uneven. Mm-hmm. And then number one, last but not least, the Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against the Machine. I did, I do love this album. It's a yeah, banger. I love, I yeah, love the album. I love Rage. This was another one too. When I saw this on the list, I'm like, I see, what yeah. I see what you're doing here. I see who's writing this list. Yeah, but I was happy is... to see it included and mentioned because I, I love Rage and I love that album. It's a, this is an odd list. I'm going to call these ringer people and be like, hey, what the, come on. Number 11 is the dismemberment plan. Nobody cared about this. Come on, guys. All right. Uh, that's it. Let's get to the end of this episode. Thanks for joining us this week. Thanks again to Ken and Amy from Smith Imagery. Follow Heather at HeatherWaz1 on Twitter. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me at SF2 or just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter. Stitcher Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud. We are taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week for another episode of the Uticast. <laughs> you like that one? That's good. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,